Well, hot damn greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth. The John Campia Show coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to announce that it is Honor Robert Meyer Burnett Day. So sitting over right here is Mr. <laughs> Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? That's true. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo you, man. Well, I'm happy, John. I thank you for that. I'm happy to take all honors. But you know, I think you honor me every day by allowing me on this fantastic show, working with these great people that just our team keeps growing. Fact checker Jonathan, Jonathan Boyko over there. You don't know his name, you don't know his face. Yay! But you will. But you hey, will. One you day. will, sir. You will. And sitting beside him, we are celebrating her birthday year. Chris Carr is here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Chris, how are you doing? Oh, great. That does sound like something I do, though. What an asshole. Um, I'm doing great. Happy, happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with all of you. May the 4th be with all of us, indeed. And sitting back here, he's joining you guys in the live chat, as always. Ray Orr is here. Ray, how you doing, man? I just noticed that Wolverine. Is that yours? Yeah. That it's looks so that cool. Logan can be with me here. That Get it, Logan? Cool. Yeah, huh? I'm very codependent. Huh, Logan? Uh, Logan's the name <laughs> of her husband, for those of you who do not know. And anyway, guys, it is awesome to have you guys joining us. And yes, indeed, may the 4th be with you. It is Star Wars Day, celebrating the greatest movie franchise of all time. And we're glad you're here. And appropriately enough, we've got our main story today is uh, Star Wars related. By the way, I like that new hot toy you got yeah. there on the desk. I understand... Uh, that one has never even been out of the box. I, it just came out of the box. Special. It's it's Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan with little baby swatted 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 swaddled 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 baby. I don't know about kids. Swaddled. I am one. Swaddled baby Luke right there. Which is appropriate because today we're going to be talking about the brand new Obi Wan trailer. We talked about it the other day. We said yeah, they're definitely dropping a trailer today, and they did. But we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here today. And guys, here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into. Two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. How do you get a live comment or question on the show? Well, it's simple. Number one, you got to be watching live. So that, that's the number one thing. Not that screen, Jonathan. Uh, we're going to be bringing up, you got to be watching the show live. So there's that. Now, once we get near the end of our main topics, I will announce to you guys that we're opening up the super chats. And once we do, you guys will have about 90 seconds to fire in any super chats you want to have before we need to shut them down because they fill up pretty quick. So there's that. So guys, with all that down, let's get into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel need to be a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Chris. What is our first main topic today? Our first one comes from Raza Hyder. Hey, John and crew. Today marks the 10th anniversary of Marvel Studios' The Avengers. Oh, my God. These days, <laughs> we take for granted the notion of seeing superheroes from different franchises come together to take on an otherworldly threat. But when The Avengers first premiered, it was so exhilarating to see these six heroes learn to work together as a team. Looking back on it now, what are your memories of seeing The Avengers for the first time? And where does it stand 10 years later in your list of MCU movies? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And, you know, yesterday was a, a significant milestone. It was the 20th anniversary of Spider-Man, the, the first Sam Raimi movie, which is, that one's crazy to think about was 20 years ago. 
we are at the 10th anniversary of Avengers. And whereas we talked about this yesterday, that, you know, it was really that first X-Men movie that, that kind of started the, the golden age of superhero movies. I would probably contend that it was the Avengers movie that established it, that established the new era. You know, it, it got started the ball rolling with the X-Men, Spider-Man, X-Men 2, but it was that first Avengers movie. I still remember where I was opening day. I, we were working for AMC. A couple of us in this room were working for AMC at the time. And it was opening night of Avengers. We are at the AMC Burbank 16, their second most popular theater in the world. And I had never seen in my life those kind of lineups. I, I just hadn't seen it. Now, thankfully, we live in a more enlightened age today where we have pre bought tickets where we can get pre-assigned seats. But still, at that time, I remember the entire courtyard, the streets around the AMC Burbank 16 were filled with like 18 different lines that were wrapping around everything, city blocks and everything like that. We also and, had a John, we also had those ABC news vans all over the place, remember? Yeah, that? there were there was like ABC, CB, like all the network news vans were all over the place. So we we did, we went around, interviewed people, and we set up, because we were AMC, we set up a big news desk right in front of the front doors of the theaters. And we did like like it was the Super Bowl. And we did play-by-play -play talking about, you know, the, the fact that the first screenings of Avengers about to happen. We had thousands of Avengers fans behind us. It was such an incredible day. And I remember me and Clark Gregg, who of course played Agent Coulson, uh, it was such a great thrill for me. I got to go into each theater because the movies were starting like five minutes apart in each theater. Like one would start at 12 midnight, one would start at 12.05, one would start at 12.10, blah, 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 right? So I'd run into a theater and say, hey, everybody, I'm John Campy with AMC. Thanks for being here. Woo! And throw out a T-shirt or two. I said, by the way, somebody special is here who wants to come and say hello to you. Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg is here. And he would come in. The audience would go bananas and nuts. And so me and Clark Gregg would go around to each theater and do that same little routine. It was so great. But Were you able to keep the same level of energy for each theater? Oh, yeah, because I got such a kick out of seeing everybody get so thrilled and so excited that Clark was there. And But here's the, the key thing. It was about two weeks prior to that. I went to the El Capitan Theater to watch the first Avengers in an early press screening. And it became and is still to this day, in my opinion, the greatest comic book movie ever made and the most important comic book movie ever made. We, we You, me, and uh, Cody Miller talked about this on an episode of Best Movie, Worst Movie Once. But like the MCU was off to a strong start, right? We had Iron Man. Uh, we had Captain America, the first Avenger, and we had Thor, which I think is one of the most underrated comic book movies ever. And it was a strong start, but it was Avengers. It was that first Avengers movie that really established this is what the DNA of this MCU is going to be. You know, those previous three films were great. They were, but it was the Avengers that kind of set the mold that this is what an MCU movie is. This is what an MCU movie feels like. And it really like I said, became the establishing movie that I believe opened up what the era of comic book movies are today. And as a matter of fact, if we go back now and look at the box office charts, Jonathan, let's bring that up. If we go back and look at the box office charts right now, 10 years later, you know how many movies have come out in the last 10 years? I'll get, I'll tell you, a lot. That's the official mathematical term, a wow. lot. A lot of movies come out in the last 10 years. 10 years later, The Avengers is still the number nine all-time box office film. 10 years later. Only three comic book movies ahead of it, and they're all comic book movies that came out of Avengers. 
which is, of course, the prodigy of the MCU, right? We got Spider-Man, we got Infinity War, we got Endgame. That's it. Those are all the comic book movies that are ahead of it. And it's just what it did. And I still remember coming out of that theater for the first time buzzing and seeing all these jaded, you know, skeptical film critics came out of that El Capitan theater with me, all like going, what did we just see? Like, what did we just see? And people like buzzing and shaking and like just couldn't believe what we saw at that time. Now, there are some people today that will say, well, you know, I go back and watch it. It doesn't really hold up as well. F that. This movie, like everything good in the MCU today comes out of that movie. And it, it, that's why to me it is the best comic book movie of all time. It is the most important comic book movie of all time. Um, and 10 years. I feel like it was just yesterday that we were celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the launch of the MCU with Iron Man, and now here we are talking about the 10-year anniversary of Avengers. But anyway, uh, those are my thoughts that I have when I think about that original Avengers movie. And, you know, when I think about people like yourself and John Schnepp would always say that you guys spent your entire lives imagining, could we ever see a movie where maybe the most iconic shot in comic book movie history that the one that was in the trailer where the camera spins around, you had Iron Man and Captain America and Hulk and Black Widow. And you know, they had all of them there and the, the camera spinning around. And I remember John Schnepp saying, I never in my life thought I'd see this. And I remember you saying something similar too. never in my life. So when, on the 10th anniversary here, Rob, when you look back on Avengers, what is the legacy of this now 10 year old Avengers movie? Well, like you said, I, if you told me 20 years ago, and said we'd be sitting here in 2002 when Spider-Man came out. Even even that, I'd be like, if you said, you know, if I knew you back then, Rob, one day there's going to be an Avengers movie. I would have said, John, you can't do that because nobody knows who Iron Man is. Nobody knows who Captain America is. Nobody, the Hulk. I mean, they know who they are, but you can't like, I can't imagine throwing them all together in one movie. Like, who's ever going to do that? Who's ever going to make a Thor movie? Who's ever going to do an Iron Man movie? What did I know? I mean, it was, and sitting in that theater like you, I saw it at the um, Arclight Sherman Oaks. Ah. And I was sitting with a bunch of jaded industry professionals and people like Nikki Griffin, who was in, she was the girl that they were racing over at the beginning of Tokyo Drift. Okay. I'd become friends, friends, friends with her because she was in Femme Fatales. And I was sitting next to her and um, uh, uh, Derek Hughes, who's been a writer on Flash and Arrow, and we were all sitting there watching it. And I have to tell you, it was like sitting with a bunch of little kids that had too much cotton candy. I mean, we were all just bouncing in our seats. I couldn't, like, I, 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 I sat there. I was like, I can't believe this is real. You know, I mean, you've got the shield helicarriers. You, you've got, <laughs> I mean, at one point when when Hulk picks up Thor and just, I mean, just one of the great well, punches him and then smashes Loki, yeah. you know, puny god. And I, I'm just because it, it it balanced the tone. I mean, it was kick-ass, but then it was funny because it was, you know, Joss Whedon. And I, I I, just, when it was over, I'm like, I cannot believe I live in a world that this exists. And it was so much fun. And I have to tell you, it was really, I had been buying Hot Toys before because I'd been buying them since the mid-aughts. But it was the Avengers movie. It was, I was like, I got to get all those characters on a shelf. Like that was the thing that made me like I, you know, I was buying them, but I I didn't want them all. This I is the real gateway drug. Yeah, it, it's such a. I'm like I want them, and I did for the longest time in my office when I was working on Star Trek: The Next Generation in a glass case. I finally got the whole that whole team. 
you know, I had Black Widow and I had flown, I finally got Hawkeye and they were there. And every time I walked in, I'm like, God damn, that's so badass. That's just badass. I, I love these. And and now I've got Doctor Strange. And now I mean, and and it's just it was amazing. It was amazing. And you're right. I mean, look. I don't feel it's as good as you do. I think the beginning is a little slow with Loki and the scepter and all that. I don't care. By the time you get to the end of that movie, I'm just like the Battle of New York. It's unbelievable. You know what? I'm going to go watch it tonight. I'm probably going to watch it again too. You know what the other thing is that was really impressive with it was that I know one of the big concerns myself and a lot of other people were voicing at the time is how can you have this many main characters? You can't. You can't, but somehow this movie found a way to take all of these main characters, give them equal weight, equal time, each had a moment to shine, and it never felt like, well, these two were the real stars and these four were just kind of supporting. Right. Like they, it just, somehow, some way, they found a way to make it all work, which is incredible. Anyway, Chris, 10 years. Yeah. It's been like since three? that first Avengers. Three years old. You're three years old at the time. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Um, when, what is the legacy of this Avengers movie to you? This is the first movie I saw in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. I saw it at the Arclight in Hollywood. Um, RIP. Uh, which was really, really cool. And I saw, I saw it with Logan. It was the first movie we went and saw. We were still just friends then, but it was the first movie we saw together. And this movie just was... Did you kiss him? No, because we were just friends, oh right? Not that night, though. Come on, after no. we saw the Avengers, it didn't bring on that. No, there was no, there was no like, gosh, I need a Spider-Man kiss right now. Um, basically, this movie just made me so happy as a nerd because I, I was so lucky being a 90s kid having seen all these amazing cartoon versions of my right. favorite comics, yeah. right? I was so, so fortunate to have these amazing different like Spider-Man, X-Men, X-Men Evolution, all these awesome things. Of course, the Batman series. But I'd never seen really, really great live action stuff we had some really good things with x-men the spider-man films were great but seeing the avengers come together was this whole other level and that long one shot in the battle of new york is still one of my favorite shots in film of all time i think it's just so amazing and you know say what you want to say about joss whedon at this point in time but he delivered a really really great film he did. And, you know, I love Age of Ultron has also aged very, very well to me. It's got, it gets better every time I, every year that I watch it. Especially because of how many connections it has to the greater yeah. MCU. But, uh, I mean, the casting, you know, I think that's the thing that the casting, I forget her name, the casting of this universe, it's like they found the perfect people to play. I mean, that's what casting directors do. Yeah. Then? But I think so. And it, you just... You look at all these characters together, and it's like delicious. That's yeah. the word I think. These movies are delicious. Like when you watch them, it's like eating your favorite cake. Yeah. <laughs> That's a know, great comparison. And just... I remember for me, too, one of the first things I said to Anne when I came out of the theater was, that is the Hulk I've waited my whole life to see. Dude. Yes. Like, like so that, you are so right. Oh, my God. That was the Hulk I had waited my whole life to see. And my one of my very few criticisms of Infinity War and Endgame is they kind of neutered Hulk. But, yeah. but, but whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, that's fine. But I, but I do think I have to say that Infinity War and Endgame. You know, when people ask me like, what are my favorite like double features? Godfather one and two. You know, Infinity War and Endgame yep. are some of the most to me the most monumental, entertaining, entertaining movies, fantasy films ever. They're epic, and it all began because. What if it didn't work? Oh, I know. What if yeah. Avengers didn't work? Yeah. No, if it had been, if it had felt like the, some people were worried about it being messy or overcrowded or whatever, if it didn't work, the landscape, much like the first Iron Man film, right? If that first Iron Man film didn't work, that's it. There's no MCU. But if that Avengers movie didn't work, 
I think the MCU may have still gone on to exist, but I think it could have looked a lot different. Totally, dude. But, you know, the Chitauri ships, broad daylight coming out in New York City. and the, I mean, come on. It was like every dream I ever had as a child mm -hmm. splashed up on the big screen. I mean, to me, you know, it was as good as the first time I had sex. Wow. Exactly. Well, then, when that happens, you let us know. All right, guys. Oh, <laughs> snap. Oh. John, you said it was Honor Robert Meyer Burnett Day. I'm sorry about that. Okay, guys, question is for you. It's my dating life. What do you think about this on the day of the 10th anniversary of the first Avengers film? What do you guys see as the legacy of this movie? Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? This one comes from Aiden L., Hi, John. Deadline is reporting that the next Suicide Squad spinoff series will be featuring Viola Davis's Amanda Waller. With James Gunn executive producing and, according to him, it will be less of a comedy than Peacemaker. Are you excited for this series? All right. Thanks all for saying that in. And look, the Suicide Squad is a really interesting tale <laughs> because you start off with the first one, right, that had Will Smith in the lead. And you know what? I understand. That movie's a hot mess. It is. So I get all the criticism about it. I totally do. But it was my hot mess. And at the end of the day, I, I listen, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I, I was entertained by the movie. Now, I, I do feel like that movie needed a whole hell of a lot more of Joker and Harley in it, um, whatever, few other different things. It needed a bunch. But at the end of the day, I had fun. And what else can I ask for? But it was a hot mess, and you know there were a lot of stories and drama going on after the movie and before the movie. Then comes James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which is, my God, one of my favorite comic book anythings of the past four or five years. Wildly entertaining. It was so well done. It had, it had so much heart and emotion wrapped in this bonkers veneer of craziness. Where, I mean, just honestly, one of my favorite emotional scenes in any comic book movie the last number of years is just that one scene of King Shark in the van as they're driving down the street and he just looks out the window and sees a couple holding hands. And all James Gunn, there was no dialogue. All James Gunn had to do was put the camera back on King Shark's face, have a certain expression on his face, and an entire world of story was told in that one moment. And your heart moved and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the stuff with Ratcatcher and Ratcatcher 2. I mean, all that kind of stuff was great. Then, of course, we had Peacemaker, which what the hell were they doing making a Peacemaker series after the flop that the Suicide Squad was? And, 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 me, and listen, it doesn't matter how big of a fan I am of that movie. Call it what it is. It was a flop financially. Deserved way better, but it was a flop. But they decided to push ahead, do the Peacemaker series anyway. Peacemaker becomes the number one show streamed worldwide. Number one show streamed worldwide. Crazy coming out of a big flop of a movie, right? What do they all have in common? Amanda Waller. She's the connective thread. She is the Nick Fury. She is the, you know, whatever you want to call it. She's the connective thread of that. And I honestly believe, I love this news because I honestly believe a character like this who, you know, Rob, you and I were talking before the, the show started and we were talking about something else, but I said very few things in movies get me more than a villain who's absolutely committed to their convictions. Amanda Waller is a character whose convictions is I'm going to protect my country no matter how evil I have to be to do it, right? There's something fascinating about that in that character. And even just her brief appearances in Peacemaker, 
make are, are very interesting, compelling, and you feel that way. You also get to see a little bit of the human side of her. She's a mother, which we never knew before this. She's a mother too, who actually cares about and loves her daughter as well. And so you take a character like that in the type of storytelling that Peacemaker established where the bad guys can be your heroes, whatever. I think there's fabulous, entertaining, really interesting stuff. And by the way, now you're talking about with Amanda Wall there, you're talking about building something around Viola Davis, four-time, four-time Academy Award nominee, Academy Award winner, Viola Davis, and building something around her? F yes. I love this news. Is it still a little interesting to me that they're calling it a Peacemaker spinoff considering her character was around before Peacemaker? Sure, but call it whatever you want. I like this news. I think it's got potential. Chris, you hear about this. What do you think? I think this is great. I think this is going to be a really, really cool character study. And what an actress to do it, right? She is just a phenomenal, phenomenal performer. And I'm so, so excited to see more of this character. Um, I don't find it surprising at all that this is going to be less of a comedy either, right? Amanda Waller is a very, very, you know, malevolent character. And I don't really see her doing a dance to Wig Mom. You know, I don't really see her coming out and wanting to really, really taste it. So that makes sense to me, too. I love what you were talking about with villains because... As you've said on the show many times, all of us are the villain in somebody's story, yeah. right? We, we all don't perceive ourselves that way. So it's so much more compelling when a villain has a moral center and a reason for what they're doing. Because even Amanda Waller does have a moral center. It's just the, the you know, ends always justify the means for her. Yeah. So that's going to be so cool to look at, especially now that we know that she has a family, that she cares deeply for her kid, how these choices she's making or for her daughter to live in what she perceives to be the best version of this world. And I think that's going to be a fascinating show to watch. Rob, you hear about this. What do you make of Viola Davis doing a uh, Amanda Waller series on HBO? Dude, you know, there are actors and actresses that can play different kinds of emotions. But there are a few actresses I like watching being a badass more than Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. When she puts on that stern Amanda Waller thing she does, I'm so there for that. I, I want to see her just... Just wreck shop, take names, tell people what to do with themselves. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and <clears throat> what is her what is her life like? I'm sure they're going to balance life work. I mean, on one hand, she's sending people to their deaths potentially, and on the other hand, she's a mom. You know, well, dealing- sending them to their deaths and sometimes committing their deaths. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, she she's ruthless, and yet she's still a mother. And that I've always been fascinated. By that dichotomy. Like, I give me a great cartel leader that also has children. You know, like when I watched Clear and Present Danger, which is a great Tom Clancy adaptation with Harrison Ford, you know, you they always show the, cart- the great cartel leaders as, you know, beautiful, great parents until they blow them up or something. I, I, what's, a, what's that life like? Like, how do, you, how do you go and do what Amanda Waller has to do and then go home and bake a birthday cake? Right. Well, I want to see that, man. And what's really cool for us, Rob... The more we get of Amanda Waller, the closer we get to Terry friggin' McGinnis. You know what that means, John? <laughs> Batman, Batman, Beyond. Batman Beyond. That's coming. It's coming. Yeah, they've been saying that for 10 years. So, but you know, listen, I still remember the first time I took real notes of Viola Davis. She was in a movie called Doubt. Mm-hmm. Now, picture this. Now, I believe it was her first Academy Award nomination. I think you're right. But you, you got to understand this. You want to know how good this woman is? Okay. You put her in a movie with the late great Academy Award winning Philip Seymour Hoffman, the 75-time Academy Award nominated Amy Adams, the literally, not joking around, the 20-something time nominated Meryl Streep, 
the Street Monster, and you get an Academy Award nomination? Like, how good do you have to be? Well, and for like a single scene. Yeah, I mean. Because she just commits. So many actresses are afraid to, I mean, she will snot cry. And it is the most fascinating thing to watch. Yeah, she does. does. And you cannot look away because of course you would react in this way, talking about this situation. It's so compelling. Speaking of that kind of a scene. And she's acting with Meryl Streep. Yeah, Yeah, with Meryl Streep. She had a scene that was kind of like that snot, but it's the scene in Fences. Mm. Where she's like just laying into Denzel Washington yeah. and that, which Bobby Bloy, she won her Academy Award for, I believe it was for that. Then she was nominated. I mean, she, uh, Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom with uh, Chadwick Boseman. Dude. She died. The Help, which she was with Octavia, Octavia she Spencer. Was, if you guys haven't seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Ugh. watch it only for her performance. I mean, ferocious comes to mind. So good. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about the idea of them doing an Amanda Waller series spinoff from Suicide Squad and Peacemaker on HBO Max with Viola Davis? We obviously love the idea. What do you guys think about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, before we go any further, we're going to thank one of the sponsors of today's episode, our friends over at Policy Genius. Hey, guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Policy genius. Now, when it comes to the topic of life insurance, I get it. A lot of people ask, well, why even get life insurance? Well, listen, if someone relies on you financially, whether it's a child, a parent, or a business partner, life insurance gives you peace of mind that they have a financial cushion if something were to happen to you. Policy Genius is here to help you, and they're going to make sure you pay as little for it as possible. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Policy Genius can help you make sure you're not paying a cent more than you have to for the coverage you need. So here's how it works. Policy Genius is your one-stop shop to find the insurance that you need at the right price. Just click in the link down in the description or head on over to policygenius.com campia to get started. In minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. And the process is easy because the licensed agents at Policy Genius are on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options and make decisions with confidence. Because ultimately, the Policy Genius team works for you, not for the insurance companies. And you can feel confident with Policy Genius because they don't add on extra fees, they don't sell your information to third parties, and they have thousands of five-star reviews all across Google and Trustpilot. So again, guys, head on over to policygenius.com campia or click on their link down in the description below to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And thank you again to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. And thank you again to the good folks at Policy Genius for becoming a sponsor of today's episode of the John Campy Show. Remember, guys, when you support the sponsors of the show, you're actually supporting the show. So go on down to the description of the video. You'll see the links to our sponsors there. And thank you so much again for their support. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? Our third topic comes from Mr. Mister. Hey, John and team. Love the new studio. Thank you. Just finished watching the season finale of Moon Knight. And after finishing it, there ain't no way they aren't making a second season. But even if they don't do a second season, we can be certain that we'll be seeing Oscar Isaac again. So whilst I still think episode five is the best episode, I still thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And overall, Moon Knight is my favorite Marvel series to have released. So the question is for you guys. What did you think of this Moon Knight episode? What did you think of the series overall? Is this your favorite Marvel series? And will you see the character again in either a series or movie? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, Mr. Mister. And yeah, look, unlike Hawkeye, 
where Hawkeye, I, I like some, I didn't like some. And going into the season finale of Hawkeye, I was like, this will determine if I like the show overall or not. Differently with Moon Knight, I was like, after episode five, it's like, well, it's done. I l- really enjoy the show a lot. And even if the finale is, is terrible, overall, I really like this show. I thought they did a really good job of the show. Episode five might have been the second best episode of television that Marvel has done so far. So I was already established. I like this series very much. So with that, I went into the finale. I didn't love the finale. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't love it. Um, they they did a couple of things in it that made no logical sense. When it, and by logic, I mean the show's logic, not our real world logic. I mean, by the show's logic, that didn't make a lot of sense. They made a mistake, which we'll talk about a little bit later today in our open spoiler discussion. They made a mistake that I believe Arrow made uh, in its show, but I won't go into it in detail here for those of you who haven't seen the show yet. Um, there was some very good action. Um, they do a reveal in the post credit scene that go, well, wait a minute. If that's the case in the post credit scene, then how come this happened earlier when clearly that's a contradiction? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to say it right out. I was kind of disappointed by the finale. It had some good moments. Uh, Oscar Isaac, of course, as always, was great in it. Uh, I really like Khonshu. I There were things in this episode that I liked, but overall I felt it was a little bit of a letdown. Where does Moon Knight for me sit in the overall things? Because what do we got so far? We got WandaVision, we got Falcon the Winter Soldier, we got Loki, we got Hawkeye, and now Moon Knight, right? This is the fifth? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll say easily Moon Knight is my second favorite Marvel series so far. Uh, significantly behind WandaVision, but also probably significantly ahead things like Falcon the Winter Soldier, uh, Loki, and and obviously Hawkeye, which I didn't like in general. But um, yeah, solid show. I enjoyed it. I do not believe there's going to be a season two. Uh, I do believe we're going to see this character again, but I don't think it's going to be in Moon Knight season two. So uh, that's kind of my thoughts. Again, I'll give I'll go to more details a little bit later this afternoon when Rob and I do our open spoiler discussion for Moon Knight. But uh, I'll just leave it at that for now. Rob, uh, there's nobody in the world who is more excited for this Moon Knight series than you. Uh, I know you have been uh, pretty big on the series up till now. Mm-hmm. Went into the finale. What did you, number one, what did you think about the finale? Do you think there's going to be a season two? And where does Moon Knight fit for you in the in the five Marvel <clears throat> shows we've had so far? Well, as I was saying yesterday, as far as Moon Knight goes, this was different than the Moon Knight that I fell in love with. Right. And people, even in, in chat, I've been criticized. Well, Rob, you know, you like the more Batman-esque Moon Knight. And I'm like, well... The Moon Knight series, when I was reading it in the early 80s that Sienkiewicz, uh, Drew, and uh, Doug Mensch wrote, it was very much like a dark film noir 40s. It had superheroics. It had it had politics. It had romance. It was very much like that. It was like a, a 40s film noir comic book. And it had femme fatales, and it had the supernatural. It was all of these elements, but it was pretty grounded in the real world, even though Werewolf by Night, you know, showed up. That's what I loved. That's what I loved about Moon Knight. And then as the the, the next series that came out was called Fist of Conchu. And and as Moon Knight has developed, they added all this Egyptian lore. And Conchu used to just be a statue. But now Conchu in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a big entity. Like, he's got his own Wikipedia page. And if you go and see everything that happens... I almost think they should have called this series Fist of Conchu instead of Moon Knight because this was a very specific 
iteration of the Moon Knight character with a lot of Khonshu in terms of the Egyptian supernatural lore that, look, Moon Knight's flying around like Superman in this episode. That was not the Moon Knight that I grew up with. It was cool for this show. I liked this show. And like you said, look, when you when you when you see Amit Khonshu Well don't don't let's not Yeah, okay, well, okay, like yeah. But I'm watching this going, what what am I watching? Like for the for the and, and the emphasis was less on and there's don't get me wrong, there's some badass shit in this episode <laughs> that I was like, this is really cool. I mean, I'm really uh, there's a new avatar. I'm like, I love this. I want a hot toy of this. You know, it's it's all really cool. But I just, I'm like, where is this supposed to fit into the larger MCU? Like, would would this Mark Spector join the West Coast Avengers like he did in the comics? I didn't really see yeah. that. So uh, it was what I watched. Look, dude, I'm a staunch defender of Gods of Egypt. This movie was, I mean, this series was my jam. I just don't know how much of a Moon Knight series it was. I liked it for its own sake. It's this kind of other thing, but it wasn't the Moon Knight that I was expecting, you know? Yeah, but what about the finale? I mean, I liked it. Was it, Look, it was suitably, suitably, certifiably <laughs> bonkers. It was suitably bonkers, suitably. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I was watching it. I didn't love it, though. Like you, I'm like... What's go- what what is going on here? Like it 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 didn't seem like Moon Knight seemed to be a guest in his own show. I'm watching this much larger, bigger conflict that had gone on for a lot longer than just since Stephen and Mark. Because the origin of Moon Knight, I think, is important, and we didn't really see. I thought they would might they might touch on that. We might see, but I still enjoyed watching it. It just kind of it it, it was just it left me cold in a way do you think we're gonna, I, I, I can't get into it because i don't want to spoil it yeah we're gonna we're save a lot of the, but do you think there's going to be a season two probably not because where do you go i like you said i'm positive we're gonna see oscar isaac as the character of moon Knight. Yeah. because moon knight can now come back and be moon knight you know we already know where he came from i don't know if we're gonna see a lot of other elements that we saw in the show mm-hmm. but if oscar isaac shows up and wants to join the avengers he could. I'm sure him and Thor would get along well. Chris, you had a chance to watch the finale. What do you think about the finale? How does it shape your overall feeling for the show? And are we going to get a season two, do you think? It didn't feel like a finale. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't feel like a finale. And I, a lot of this, too, I feel the same way as Rob here of this is great on its own accord. But when I'm thinking about it in the greater MCU or the few comics I've read, I, I don't have Rob's knowledge on this character, but... When I think about it in the greater MCU and, and the comic terms, I just don't understand where he fits still. Um, and I can appreciate the show as is. It's great, and I love it, and I think it's well done. But some of the things that happened in the finale, it felt like we skipped a few steps where something yes. would be happening, and I'd be like, yes. yes. Oh. I totally Cause, cause Was I the only one when the, when at, at 12.01, when that thing became available on Disney+, Plus, and I clicked on it, I said, 44 minutes? Yeah. Really? We're going to wrap this whole thing up in 44 minutes? Mm-hmm. Hey, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, there were just the things where we just kind of felt like we jumped to something and then something would be said to have, wait, did that happen? Do, you, do we all, did I miss something? I mean, and then also some of the things were like rushed. I, yeah. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there would be, I guess you would, because they breezed right over it. But I was watching going, this is a mass casualty event. Yeah. We're just, and, and just in seconds, we're, we're, we're done with that. And I'm like, how many, this would have been worldwide news. The Avengers would have shown up. Yeah. Like, how does this fit into the wider ramifications of the, the universe? Right. I mean, 
thousands of people died like i i don't know like like I, it was crazy and then no one seemed to mention it again it was very very odd and there there were some cool things in here don't get me wrong right a whole bunch of the layla stuff is fantastic yeah. so cool she's there, awesome the the fights here too are so well done the transitions between the fights there's this beautiful moment in the fight choreography that's just such excellent character work too ju that just yep. like really really shows how amazing stunt performers are there's just a few steps here that I went, I still don't know what's real and what's not, which maybe that's the whole point, but I still have so many more questions and I don't feel like it wrapped them up. I felt like I left more confused. You know what's excellent in this episode though? Like absolutely excellent. Ethan Hawke. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. As, as, as uh, Harrow, like, I mean, handsome like, hawk dude a handsome hawk i mean he's been great in the whole series yeah. i actually thought we were talking about a particular scene where he's talking to somebody that i actually thought was his best scene in the entire series so that was my favorite part okay so let me ask each of you for me mm -hmm. with out of the five mcu shows so far i still have wandavision as my number one but i actually put moon knight even though i didn't like the finale i have moon knight as my number two best show they've done where do you rank it in, in those uh out of those five rob yeah, I would say it's probably WandaVision's definitely number one. I, I would say I would put this at number two as a show. Right. But as far as the MCU is concerned, I I think I would put this lower. Because it it, it made me ask questions like there's a lot of stuff happening that should have wider ramifications in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, that's one of the curses of a shared cinematic universe. I, I know, right? and I'm like how does this fit in with Loki? You know, what we saw in the in the Loki show, like the Time Variance Authority, wouldn't they be interested? Like, would, would the Egyptian gods have been giving them a hard time for thousands of years? Like, would, and I was wondering, like, these guys, they're, they're not, they're, 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 they pose a threat to the universe. But you, mean, have, you have it ranked as the number two on the show. Yeah, I'll as say far number as their two. Shows. What about you, Chris? Where would you rank this? I would do the same. I think I enjoyed Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier more than you guys did. But I still would go WandaVision and then this, because this has been a fascinating character study, and I do yes. want more of it. I do want a second season, but I, I just don't know how it fits into everything else. Do, do, do you do you guys really do want a second season? Or? I do. I don't. Do you think this performance right here, like, let's say if there's a second season, should he skip that second season? Should they? he just go to the draft, you know, the NBA draft? You know, skip his sophomore year. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. his performance here, I mean, I think he, this character and Oscar Isaac mm -hmm. should be on the big screen. I mean, I mean, that's fair. And I want I think more of will. him, I guess is right. a better yeah. way to say yeah. that. I'd love a Moon Knight movie. Yeah, I think we're, like, I think we all agree. We're, we're definitely going to see him again. Yeah. But I agree with you, Ray. Like, this is, first of all, he's going to get an Emmy nomination for this. He's, yeah. he's absolutely, he's going to get an Emmy nomination. And, and Ethan Hawke may as well, as a matter of fact. But I think you're right. I think the next logical progression is to not necessarily see Moon Knight, the feature film, but have him appear in on the big screen. I think that's the next step for the character. And, and not only Ethan Hawke and um, Oscar Isaac, a lot of the actors on here showed their versatility. You yeah, know, as in Layla like, was great. You know, playing different you know parts of themselves. I mean, I, I thought the acting was fantastic. The production value was also. Great oh, too. I I love the look of the show. Oh yeah, the design. Uh, of I mean, the design, the look, and and you know, even watching some of the sets stuff that happened in the sets, I was like, this is impressive. All right, guys. Question is for you: What did you think about the season series finale of Moon Knight? Uh, how did you like the show overall? Where would you rank it in the five MCU shows so far? Whatever your guys' thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. 
Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on now to main topic. What are we on? Main topic number four? four? Yeah. Main topic number four. <laughs> Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? Topic four comes from Antagonistic Anonymous. Ooh. Hey, Campia crew. In the last week, Doctor Strange 2 has gotten a TV spot almost every day, which to our surprise revealed some pretty big moments, such as Living Tribunal, first look at Captain Carter, as well as a new look at Xavier's golden chair. Personally, for a two-hour film, I was really surprised they were releasing so much of these moments online, and it looks now even Kevin Feige was surprised. During the world premiere, Kevin hinted towards not liking how much footage was shown during spots and trailers. John, doesn't Disney pre-approve these spots with Marvel before releasing it? And if so, what led to Kevin having a disapproval tone? All right, so this this is where it gets kind of interesting. So obviously, Doctor Strange coming out. Where the the premiere happened, we covered the first reviews that came out. We're going to go see it tomorrow afternoon. We're like twenty seven hours away from yeah. watching Doctor Strange. Uh, very excited about that. But what has become a little bit of a pattern with the MCU movies is this: they've done like two major trailers and then particularly getting into the last two weeks before the movie opens. It's like a new TV spot drops every day. And I mean, that's a little bit hyperbole, but it feels like every day, a brand new TV spot, new, this new that a lot of things being revealed. I mean, I was shocked a month and a half ago, two months ago when they revealed Patrick Stewart in the trailer. Like I was shocked about that. And then recently they showed Captain Carter in the trailer and they showed that and they showed an awful lot of stuff. And that's, a little bit more outside of the normal pattern for, for Marvel, but it's something we're seeing increasingly more and more of leading into things. And I expect we're going to see the same kind of pattern for Thor. So what happened was, for those of you who missed this, Kevin Feige was being interviewed on the red carpet of Doctor Strange, and it kind of came up about how much of the stuff has been revealed in the movies. Now, just to give you some pretext to this, I had been told last week that Feige was upset I heard that Feige was upset at the marketing. I didn't hear any details about what was he upset about, like what part of the marketing was it, but I just heard Feige was upset. So it kind of made sense then when Kevin Feige was being interviewed and he said the following. This is what Kevin Feige had to say. He said, in talking about the amount of stuff that's been shown in the marketing, there's been too much in the trailers. I don't want to talk about anything else. But I will say Sam has made, I'm talking about Sam Raimi, Sam has made this movie to be experienced uh, on as big a screen as possible, and it's even the first one in a long time that 3D was really taken into account, too, because the first Doctor Strange film, I think, was our best film ever in 3D, and this one now will be right alongside of that. Now, just back to the beginning of that again, there's been too much in the trailers. I don't want to talk about anything else. So... The, our person writing in and asking the question, antagonistic anonymous writing in and said, asking, "Well, wait a minute, doesn't doesn't Marvel get final approval on these things? I mean, is, why is Kevin Feige upset about what's in the trailer? Isn't he in charge of what's in the trailer? Oh, my friends, once upon a time that was true. Once upon a time it was true that Kevin Feige had control over what would and would not go into the trailers. Why? Because he is the studio head. I remember." I was doing, uh, we were talking about Age of Ultron a little bit earlier. I was the MC for an Age of Ultron panel at Disney. And Kevin Feige was on it with me. And I was waiting outside. Kevin Feige came up. He was running a couple minutes late in this golf cart. Because Disney Lot's a big place. So some assistant pulls him up in a golf cart. I talked to him for a second. And 
It's like, you know, what are you doing? He said, I was just doing this, this, and this. And he said, and I just literally just came from a screening room, just giving final approvals on the Ant-Man trailer and blah, blah, blah. So he used to be, while he didn't make the trailers himself, he was very involved in overseeing about what could, could not, and all that kind of stuff being a trailer. But that was before the Tark times. That was before the era of Bob Chapek. That was during the reign of the great big Papa Iger, who let his creatives be in charge of creative things. When Bob Chapek came in and restructured the company, a lot of the authority and power that rested with creatives like Kevin Feige was stripped away and taken away from him. One of the things that we know was taken away from them is, you know, Kevin Feige said, hey, this thing needs to be on the big screen. That's actually no longer Kevin Feige's decision to make. Kevin Feige doesn't even get to decide where his projects get to go. There's somebody specifically, a new layer of management that was created that they decide where Kevin Feige's creations go. But one of the other things is Kevin Feige gets, I'm not going to say zero, he gets a lot less control now over the marketing of their projects. And you're starting to see the cracks. You're starting to see the cracks, not just in the fact that Marvel trailers are now giving away more than they ever have before. But you're starting to see the cracks in, when's the last time Kevin Feige showed public frustration? I, I can't remember a time. I cannot remember a time Kevin Feige showed public, public frustration. And this is a pretty mild, mild bit, but it's the most frustrated I've ever heard him sound in something like this, right? So uh, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. You would think that the head of Marvel Studios would get to have final say about what does and does not get included in the things. But this isn't the but that that was before the world of Bob Chapek. That was before that world. And now there are business people in charge of these things instead of creatives. And so I can expect to see this. And I'll tell you what. If this movie makes Ray, how much? Two hundred sixty six million. This movie makes two hundred sixty six million dollars. Hey, well, is that worldwide or domestic? <laughs> domestic. Domestic. If this okay. movie makes two hundred. We always just count domestic with opening weekend numbers. So if this movie goes on to make two hundred sixty six million dollars opening weekend, which I don't think it will. But if it does. Oh, you can bet what they've been doing in the marketing for Doctor Strange. They will keep doing it and they will double down on it. And honestly, honestly, who could blame them? I mean, if they, if their marketing approach is going to bring in $266 million, who could really blame them? Can we please add overseas numbers to, to that 266? <laughs> no, 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 we cannot. Because the projections are already higher than that if you include overseas numbers. Mm. Yeah, opening weekend is always just domestic. That's always just counts that. But um, so, you know, it it is it is what it is. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. I mean, they have revealed a surprising amount. Uh, and now this is coming from the guy who said, Hey, listen, you put a little bit of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in those Spider-Man trailers. You're not just going to make a lot of money. You're going to make all the money. So that's me saying that. Right. But still, this is a bit of a change for direction. What do you make from Kevin Feige's statement here? And do you, do you think they've shown too much? I don't feel like they've shown too much because it's just increased my hype. Right. Earlier I was talking about how I had all those great nineties cartoons, seeing the golden chair. Just a just a hand on it. <laughs> so in, so in. And then I got more hyped because I was like, oh, Rob's theory is going to come true. I hope this is happening. Please don't make this your expectation, though, Chris. Calm down. So I got really excited about this. Um, and, you know, my, my husband, Logan, is a very staunch, like, he tries to not watch any promos of things. 
And now that I'm back on this show, he's like, yeah, we're going to watch it. It's fine. I want to be able to talk on the show with you. <laughs> but he even watched it. He was like, no, this is just great and exciting. Why, do, why is everyone saying it's spoiling stuff? So for me and for him, you know, we felt like it was just giving you a little bit more of that taste, right? You're seeing a shield. You're seeing the edge of a chair. Some of those things are just making me more excited about this. <laughs> and as somebody who's even already seen 20 minutes of this film and hasn't seen those things, I'm just pumped about it. I totally understand Kevin Feige's uh, frustrations here from going from having that kind of control to so much less, it seems. So that definitely would be annoying. But I, I do think that the trailers so far have been doing a really great job of just giving you a taste and wanting you to go in for the main course. You know, and, and I'm going to say I agree with you. I don't personally feel, I mean, are they showing a lot more than they normally do? Yes. Yes. I don't personally feel they've shown too much saying a character is in this movie Brad. okay we all knew <laughs> captain carter was in it we, we saw the captain carter shield on the poster so we mm -hmm. knew captain carter was going to be there i mean yeah i was i was surprised they showed us the the patrick stewart thing but still i mean i, I don't personally feel that kevin feige clearly does though yeah. and and it is more than they've ever done before rob what do you make of this situation what do you think of feige's comments well, you know, there's, there's an important thing to remember, too, about studios. The marketing departments of the studios are very, very powerful. And I think you had Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals come out. None of them made the kind of money that, I know it's the pandemic era and all that, Spider-Man comes along and makes a significantly larger amount of money. And that was Sony, different studio. And I think that, in a way... The marketing department might have might have been able, and with Bob Chapek's approval, uh, uh, exert more power over the marketing for Doctor Strange. Show. For Doctor mm -hmm. Strange, because they saw what what happened with Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, and and while I'm sure Kevin Feige fought tooth and nail to keep Toby and Andrew out of those trailers, and that was probably a good thing because it created a fever pitch of anticipation. But in the case of of Doctor Strange, I mean, this is a different movie. Again, having only seen 20 minutes, um, it's wacky. You know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's a, it, it's Sam Raimi, and and I think that they really wanted to capture, they wanted the audience, the general audience, to be as excited about this as anything else, and they might have shown a little too much, but I think that let's face it, aside from Spider Man, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the money was not coming in the way it had done previously. I mean, if you look at the first Doctor Strange movie, and even Ant Man, made five hundred and something million. That's not what Shang-Chi, well, Shang-Chi did, but Eternals didn't, Black Widow didn't, and those box office numbers, comparatively speaking, were from 10 years ago. So I think that they needed to come out guns blazing on this movie, especially on the heels of Spider-Man. So I think the marketing department was given a lot more leeway than, say, they might have. You know, and like you said, under Chapek, the creatives don't get, it's like, listen, Kevin, yeah, you had a lot of say in these other movies, but we're going to try something a little different on this one, see if we can get those box office numbers on the MCU movies that we release back up. So I, like you, though, I don't think they showed too much because, you know, watching the first 20 minutes of the movie with you, we'd seen those sequences. Yeah. But seeing them in the movie in context was wildly entertaining because you didn't see all of those sequences. You're like, okay, there's a giant one-eyed monster, tentacled monster, gigantor, gigantus, whatever. You know, you know he those creatures are in the film, but you don't know in what context. You don't know. There's something that happens in that battle when we're all like, yeah, man. You know, yeah. when we were watching, we didn't see any of that. You don't know how it's going to play out. 
So I don't think they showed us too much. And look, at the end of the day, winning cures everything, right? So, I mean, if this thing does, if I end up having to buy Ray a hot toy, because if this thing makes $266 million, I mean, on, on the good hand, it's like, hey, they, their project's making money. That's great. On the bad hand, it probably just emboldens the people to take more power away from the creatives and stuff yeah. like that. And listen again, 99% of movies, that, like a, the public perception is that directors make the trailers for their movies. 99% of the time, they, they do not. Dude, when I made my own little movie and I, I, we had a distribution company, we didn't have any say. They you ran a free enterprise. Yeah, the free enterprise. They ran it by us. You know, they showed us different concepts, but they were their concepts. We didn't be like, what about this? And I remember watching the trailer thinking maybe it gave too much away, but I didn't have any control over it. None. They wanted our approval, and they got it. But if we said this sucks, they would they'd be like, well, we appreciate your concern. Thanks for your input. Yeah, yeah. thanks for your input. And we'll that's take it. that into consideration. That's right. See you later. Bye-bye. But, but Kevin Feige is the studio head. Mm-hmm. He's the studio head. You know, John, I, I haven't seen any of these TV spots. I don't know where they're playing it. Or do you have to look for them? But They're all on YouTube. Oh, I stopped you, watching. I can have say you guys I seen stop a, watching. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Have you guys seen any? Like, yeah. it's, they're easy to avoid. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the chat will, or sometimes will tell me, oh, they showed Captain Carter, but me not having a visual of it, there's no spoiling going on. You know but, what you yeah. can't avoid? Because you're right. You can easily avoid those TV spots, and I've avoided a lot of them. What you can't avoid is like me opening YouTube today and the front thing on YouTube was the scene of so-and-so kills oh. so-and-so and Doc is right there in the thumbnail. Yeah. And it's like, that's a little harder. That's yeah. a little harder to avoid. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Kevin Feige sounds a little upset. He thinks they put too much stuff in the marketing for Doctor Strange, something he would have had control over before, maybe doesn't now. What do you think? Do you think they've shown too much in the trailers? I I think they've shown a lot more than they normally do, but I personally don't think it's been too much. Maybe you do. Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number five. Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? This comes from Isaac Beebe. Hi, John. May the fourth be with you May all today. May the fourth be with you, Isaac. On this glorious Wednesday. Because <laughs> we Star Wars fans have been gifted the greatest present of them all, the full trailer and brand new poster for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Bruh. We get a better look at the Inquisitors, our first brief glimpse of Kamal Nanjiani, some weird Stark Tech colored mini robot thing, <laughs> and of course, the big man in black himself, Darth Vader. But even though I loved this trailer, for me, that poster is literal perfection. And it's already my new phone wallpaper. <laughs> what did you and the new think of this new trailer and poster? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Isaac. And yeah, let's uh, let's just, just jump right to it. Let's bring up that poster, if we've got it here somewhere. Because, yeah, they dropped the trailer for this thing, and it, it looked great. It is great. But they also made uh, a poster for it. And do we not have the poster ready to go? Okay, never, we'll, we'll get to the poster. They'll bring up the poster when the poster's ready to go. But the poster is fantastic. So let's talk about this trailer. Look, we talked the other day. Somebody asked, do you think they'll drop an Obi-Wan trailer on May the 4th? It's like, of course yeah. they're going to drop a trailer for May the 4th. We're only going to be a couple of weeks away from the release, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, there's going to be one. So we wake up this morning and we find ourselves confronted with a brand new Obi-Wan trailer. And I loved the first Obi-Wan trailer. Loved it. This one's better. Mm-hmm. Way better. This one had, first of all, it was a new piece of music. Like the last one, listen, 
Duel of the Fates was a wonderful musical choice for that first trailer. It was. But now this is music that is like more tuned for this particular series. It fit great. There was an intensity to it. Getting a good look at a number of the Inquisitors I thought was great. Of course, and by the way, there's there's the poster. That is a oh. great poster for Obi-Wan. Like, I, I love that. And uh, I just think that's a beautiful piece of art. I want that on my wall. Look at Space Jesus looking amazing. <laughs> I definitely want that on my wall, no doubt. So we're getting, obviously, the glimpses of Vader, which always gets everybody excited and stuff like that. That, by the way, that close-up, which we have in the main thumbnail of the show today, that just that close-up of Obi-Wan in that room with the dark shadows on his face, getting to see just a little bit of conflict between Obi-Wan and Uncle Owen. Like that one line, that's a gr that's a sick burn. Yeah. Like he needs to be trained like you trained his father. Oh, damn. He went there. But that was great. I, I just, I cannot wait to see those two characters have more interaction on this thing. Um, I just thought this trailer was bonkers good. I'm getting, I mean, it's a lot of my enthusiasm is being soaked up right now, obviously by Doctor Strange and Thor and stuff like that. But, and, but now Moon Knight is in the rear view mirror. I watch this today and I'm like, Damn, I'm getting more excited for this show than I even I thought I would be. This <laughs> looks great. Rob, you got a chance to see, number one, the new Obi-Wan poster, the new Obi-Wan trailer. What did you think about it? I thought it looked epic. You know, it made me want to crack open this uh, hot side, this hot, this hot <laughs> toy, this uh, 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 Revenge of the Sith hot toy for May the 4th. And I look, I watched this, and it, look at these shots. I mean, this looks, you know what this was? This is, I know we've seen some of this stuff in the animated shows and all that, but this looked like new... This is new stuff. I love seeing it. I want to buy all three of those hot toys. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I think that I think that um, it, it's great to see the Star Wars universe expanding, meeting new characters, seeing new things in live action. It looks like it has scope. It looks epic, dude. And I, I mean, the conflict looks it looks heavy. Like I love this. The the, the you you really get a sense that the the, the Empire knows uh, Kenobi's out there. Yeah, still and like. Or there are a lot of Jedi out there, at least. Yeah, yeah we're mm -hmm. going to find these people, and we're going to kill them. And I, 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 it felt like there was real jeopardy, real excitement. I was, like, pumped. By the time that was over, I'm like, get in my mind right now. I want to see this. Why do I have to wait? How many? What, three weeks? Yeah, about yeah. three weeks Come away. on, man. Mm -hmm. Bring it to me now. I want it now. Chris, you had a chance to watch the trailer, mm -hmm. see the poster. What's your take on it? Oh, man, the poster's so good. I love someone in the chat here was like, oh, Vader's in his heart. It's <laughs> <laughs> sweet. That's very, very sweet. I think this trailer looks amazing. And I love that we're getting new characters, right? Because we've talked about this so much on the show. When Star Wars gets to feeling like a Dickensian novel where everyone is connected in some way, it makes the universe feel so small. And it's a big, expansive universe where we can have so many more characters. So I'm so excited to have some familiar faces with some new ones and see how they fit into this other story. That Owen line. Oof. Yeah. Oof, oof, oof. I am so excited to see the dynamic between Owen and Obi-Wan here and see how they just have to deal with each other. And I think that's going to be such an interesting facet of this series. And then everything else just looks rad as hell. I'm pumped. I I think I'm more excited about this right now than the Marvel stuff because I've got this coming up with Star Wars Celebration. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I'd be this hyped for something that is, you know, an in-between story. I already know what happens to Obi-Wan. Do I care that much? I do. I care so much now. <laughs> I'm so invested. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't want this show to be the Obi-Wan Uncle Ben show. Yeah. Right? But I do hope 
that there's more to their interaction than just the, what we're seeing in the little Tatooine town square. Right. Right. I do hope there's more than that. Not that I'm looking for it in every single episode or anything like no, that. No, no, but I understand. Just want to see that. And I hope they're able to do it, even though it is like you're saying, it's an in-between story, right? What I hope they're able to do is exactly what you're saying, Chris. Yeah. Take what is familiar and use it to expand the universe. Because like you said, it, it's Star Wars has for too long shrunk the universe more and more. Everybody's connected to everybody else. We are always constantly just going back to the things that we're already familiar with. There's never the new. This seems, seems to be taking the familiar as a launch point into the new. Yeah. And if, if Deborah Chow can pull this off and make this then, and she proves that she is every bit that we think she is in doing this, I think it would usher in a really exciting future here for what we could see coming from Star Wars. And if it craps the bed, I'm going to be really despondent. Mm. I'm going to be married yeah. for days. I'll be inconsolable for days. Ray, you saw this trailer. Honest, you know what's fun? Just listening to, I was in my office and Ray's out here watching the new trailer and you're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, like just hearing that. The amount of times that you went, oh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? Ray, you saw this trailer. What? What's your thoughts on it? You know, I I gotta mention the music. I really like the music in the trailer. Um, I like the prequels, so I miss Ewan McGregor. And I I this is the uh, the thing for me. I want to see him play Obi Wan again. And this is and that's what I'm getting. Um, everything looks cool. The environment, like the uh, the dark. I I don't know what where they're at, but the ships where they're in that dark city. It looked like a cyberpunk looking city or whatever yeah, i don't think i don't think that's going to be um well i mean that's definitely not tatooine but i also don't think it's going to be like any of the worlds that we've seen so far i think it's gonna be something new i want new you know every time i get a new star wars planet with a new name i the star wars planets have the best names mm -hmm. dagobah tatooine <laughs> yeah. coruscant coruscant besman hoth I mean, Hoth is like an onomatopoeia. It sounds like it is. Hoth just sounds cold to me. And it is indeed cold. I want to hear some new Star Wars planet names that we haven't heard before. So anyway, guys, question is for you. What did you think about this new trailer and new poster that we got for the upcoming Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan? We really like it. What did you guys think? Where's your expectation level for it right now? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, with all that down, we're gonna move over now in just a second and start taking your live comments and questions. And I have just opened up the Super Chats. <laughs> so if you guys have a thought, observation, question, whatever that you'd like to fire in, go ahead and do that now. We'll leave that open until it's all full. But for now, guys, we wanna hear from another sponsor of today's episodes, our friends over at, who's our sponsor today, by the way? What's that? Manscaped. Oh, Yay! it is Manscaped. Weed Whacker. Yes, the good folks who brought us the Weed Whacker. Manscaped. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Now, guys, you know I love Manscaped. You've heard me go on and on about the Lawnmower 4.0 and mm, that body wash. I love it so much. And so we got to ask, guys, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning. The drapes need dusting. And your lawn needs mowing, gentlemen. And you guys know Manscaped is more than just one product. They have a whole lineup of products to help you guys feeling, smelling, and looking your best. And so Manscaped is proud to present to you the Performance Package 4.0, which is the only tool that you need to keep your boys looking, smelling, and feeling good this spring. Now, to start off with, you get the 
Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, we have talked about this. What is wrong with us? Why have we for so long been using these terrible tools that were never meant for cutting our hair down there? The razor clipper things on our electric razors. That's barbaric, guys. You need the Lawnmower 4.0. And then there's the Weed Whacker. You guys have heard our own Ray Aura talk about this thing. He loves using it to get that hair in your nose and the ear hair. And then they offer lots of other stuff like the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver. It's a spray-on toner for your balls. And of course, they've got the perfect grooming tool for your face with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on that face. So guys, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CAMPIA. That's C-A-M-P-E-A at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with the promo code Campia at manscaped.com. It's time to throw your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. You know who could use some manscaping living on that hot planet Tatooine? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Thank you to our <laughs> friends at Manscaped for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys. With that down, we're not going to move on and take your live comments and questions you guys have been sending in. You guys have been firing them in for a minute or two. We're going to leave it open for another minute or so. So if you got one you want to fire in, go ahead and do it now. So without any further ado, let's get to it here. Chris, what do we got in our live chats here? Okay. So from Daniel, we've got some support. Kevin Cow sending in $20. Oh, thank you, Kevin. By the Hi way, see that toy right there yeah. that Chris is pointing at? Kevin Cow made that toy yeah. and gave it to us. Thank you so much for that, Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. Appreciate that, man. From Tim, a presence I haven't felt since. Thank you, George Lucas, for not adding more to that line. It left so much room for activities. Yeah, I mean, look, let, let's be honest. We're going to call it what it is. They are retconning canon. I mean, there's having Obi-Wan and Vader here. You can play semantics all you want. It is an absolute contradiction to canon. <laughs> but you know what? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. They're giving us something that a lot of fans want to see. So go ahead and do it. But this whole, I mean, I remember me and Harloff would have debates about this. Well, you know, he did say this, but that could be interpreted. Don't give me this. It could be interpreted bullshit. It's clear. They're breaking canon. The intention of the original movie was he hadn't seen him since when they met on Mustafar, right? When, they, when he battled and defeated him. They're changing it, but that's okay. We're getting something that we really want to have. You're not making, you know, uh, obedience to canon more important than the overall story you're trying to tell. Normally, I'm not for that, but in something like this where it's a thin thing anyway, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. All right, what's next? From Zach, hi, John and crew. Just bought my Top Gun Maverick early access event tickets yesterday. Nice. I am so freaking excited for this movie. And you should be honest, seriously, full stop. This movie is great. It's better than the original. Um, I know not everybody loves the original, but this is a thrilling, <laughs> exciting, entertaining film that all 5,000 of us who were in that room watching it, I, I felt like everybody walked out buzzed about it. Bruh, it was so good. I too, thanks to our friend Cliff Stevenson, uh, have tickets to go see it in IMAX, the Chinese, and that Ooh. fan event screening again because. Look, you know what the first thing I thought of when the, the credits had finished rolling on this movie? When can I see this again? I mean, it is it is a visual triumph. It is so emotional. Uh, who would have thought, John, if you told me that I would be crying in a, a 30 minutes of light year, I would have said you're crazy. <laughs> and I would have said you're insane if I would shed a tear in Top Gun Maverick. But here we are. Many tears were shed in Top Gun. So I think you're going to have tears. a good time, man. All right. What's next? 
from Amin. How much of Hayden's face do you think we'll actually see in the show? And do you think we'll see a flashback of Obi-Wan and Anakin during the Clone Wars? You know, the second part, I think, yes. Mm -hmm. I I think there's definitely going to be a flashback and we'll see Anakin's face there. How much of Anakin's face will we see after that? I'm not sure. I'm going to guess not much. I mean, there was a good moment in Rebels when Ahsoka and Vader have their fight and part of Vader's helmet gets cracked and you just see a little bit of his face with his, you know, red eye and everything. That was a really good shot. I could see them doing something like that maybe, but I think mostly it'll come in the flashbacks. All right, what's next? From Andy, one of three. Elon Musk could be a Batman, a viable career, but bought Twitter instead. Too bad because his emo monologue won't sound as good. I own Twitter now for... Uh, when I'm not needed. But when that post hilts the internet, it's not just a tweet. It's a warning to Bezos. Social media is a tool. They think I'm hiding behind the trolls, but I am the troll. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Listen, I am an Elon Musk fan. I I have two Teslas. Like it. I might be getting off Twitter. I might be ditching Twitter. Uh, I, I'm not comfortable with one individual eccentric super billionaire owning it uh, and being able to use it as their own personal tool for things. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not definitively saying that, but I'm just saying right now I'm a little bit uncomfortable. I want to hear more about what his plans are, but I'm a little bit uncomfortable with it. I'm not going to lie to you. John, just don't say that in your car. Yeah, it's not saying the car. Because you know. Always listening. You know. Always listening. Ears are open. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What's next? From Spencer. Uh, The John Campia crew fit check? The what? A fit check? Uh, fit check? What's a fit check? Do we need to? I'm not quite sure what that means. All right. Guns. What's next? <laughs> From Sin Vendetta. Rob, thank you for bringing up that wide shot in the two towers with the Balrog and Gandalf on Movie Club because it's probably my favorite shot in all of cinema history. It's so good. Great minds think alike. You know, but explain but, what it is that he's talking oh, about. Oh, well, of course, when the when Gandalf and the Balrog are fighting, there's this after they've fallen and fallen and fallen in what appears to be to the center of the earth for miles, there's this beautiful, expansive, wide shot. And when you pointed out, you can see the light coming toward yeah. you can see the light, and then they fall out, and it's this big, wide showing you just how expansive this all is, and you just see them fall out with this watery surface, and it's just Again, Jackson and the team at Weta Digital just created that scope and that there's a sense of awe in that whole sequence, you know, and that was the perfect, like, chef's kiss. Love it. All right. What's next? From Jeremy. John, you said if you plan 10 years in advance, you're stupid. Then Kevin Feige said he just planned the next 10 years of Marvel. So which is it? Well, I mean, you're talking about two completely different sets of contexts. One was television show, like 10 seasons of a television show, whatever. Like next is what movies are we going to produce in a general story? Right. Because you're talking about 10 seasons of a television show. You're talking about 150, 200 episodes and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas basically charting out what your next 25 films are going to be. That, that's a different thing and on a completely different scale. All right, what's next? All right, from Dominic, that was a good burn by Uncle Owen towards Obi-Wan. Yes, it was. Owen Burns in A New Hope probably heard a bit more, though. Oh, I get it. I get it. But I did love that burn. What? Like you trained his father? It's like, oh, Uncle Owen's the man. I love it. I want to, again, I want to see him getting in the face of like inquisitors, too. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't give a shit. Like, are you kidding me? I live in a desert. I'm a moisture farmer. You think I give a shit? What you think? Oh, I, I cannot wait. I want to see this so bad. All right, what's next? 
From Reese, to quote Vader from A New Hope, I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. Yeah, I'm going to wonder what, uh, you know, because he's already used the best line. The last time we met, I was but the learner. Now well, I am yeah, the master. Like, that's the best one. But you know what? I was thinking about this retcon thing. When he says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. He's now a master of the Sith. He's no longer. He was never a master of being a Jedi. He was always an apprentice. He was always a Padawan. But when he says master, he's now a master. He's a Sith Lord. Yeah. So. When he says, "When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master." Meaning, yeah, because he was, was still Obi Wan's. He was still Obi Wan's apprentice. When yeah, the last but man, now, so but ha- now he's the master of the Sith. When they meet in A New Hope, he's become a Sith master, a master. You know, a master of being a. a, a, a he's a well, master. He of the became. Dark side. A, he became a Sith Lord the moment he became. Like he arose as Vader. He was a Sith Lord. He was. He was already. Yeah, Lord but Vader. he's still. You know, he, he was Lord Vader because Palpatine made him that. But he's learned more. So is it retconning? Yeah, it is. It's a hundred percent retconning. That that's a real good semantic somersault you're doing there. But well, it's yeah. absolutely. Retconning. I'm just trying to fit it into canon. I, I I mean, but it doesn't, and that's okay. I've accepted that. I've come to a place of acceptance of it. It's I'm, I'm okay. Oh my with gosh, it. that's a good stage in your grief. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, video. I worked through it. Yes. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Stephen or Stefan, excuse me. I'm in love with Movie Club. Would love to see you tackle a Scorsese film. Hugo is my favorite of his, but any of his movies would be great. Thanks. Well, I, we got to do The Departed at some point. I mean, The Departed is still my favorite Scorsese film. Or Goodfellas. Goodfellas is great, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, but, I'd love to do Taxi Driver, but nobody would watch that. Yeah, I don't think. You, you know, I, me and Dennis Zen, we got to, we were asked, we got to invited to get on a plane and fly to New York for the 40th anniversary or 50th anniversary. I can't remember which one it was of, of Taxi It'd Driver. It'd be 40th. The 40th anniversary of Taxi Driver for a special screening at the DGA studio in New York City and sit down and talk to Marty Scorsese. Ooh. So we we're like, do we really want? I mean, it is Marty Scorsese, but do we really want to get on a plane, fly for five hours, go all the way to New York just to turn around and come back? And yes. neither Dennis or yes, I we do. Neither Dennis or I really like flying. And so we're like, uh, OK, fine. It is Marty Scorsese. We're going to get to sit down, have this one on one. So. We get on the plane, fly to New York, get off the plane, turn my phone back on, text message. Something came up. Marty Scorsese can't do the interview. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You want to see a frustrated John Campia? It's like, what? And I don't blame Scorsese at all. It wasn't his fault. But yeah, that was uh, that was unfortunate. That's my little taxi driver story. Oof, wow. <laughs> but you know what? As far as taxi driver is concerned, that's a pretty good story. That's that not fits bad. in well with the milieu of the, the movie. Yeah, true. True. So, All right. What's next? From Fifi. I'm so hyped for Doctor Strange 2. However, I swear if they kill Professor X for the hundredth time, I'm going to cry. Let the man please live through one movie. Uh, listen, I, I mean, I told you this a long time ago. I think everybody, whoever is in that room, when, when we saw that first trailer where he walks in the room and it's clearly like an Illuminati room, like whoever's going to be in there. I said a long time ago, so did you. Whoever's in that room is going to end up dead. They're all going to die. They're all going to die. And, and I hope in a spectacular fashion. I want to yeah. see blood. I want to see gore. I want to see Rami go, Rami, Rami. I was thinking Rami Malik. <laughs> Sam Rami going evil dead on these people. I, I want to see him torn asunder. I think they will be. All right, blood well, on the walls, next. dude. From Ryan, it'll be amazing if the last we see of Ezra's Flash is Aquaman, played by a Hawaiian, telling him, F you, Barry. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that will obviously not be the last we see of Ezra Miller. The, the, and as much as, you know, with all the drama, the Flash movie is going to come out. 
Um, I mean, it's not real. Yeah, even though it's, it's not, not real, real it isn't real. But it will come out, and that uh, it, now the question will become: Will that be the last time we see Ezra Miller? That's yet to be seen. We'll find that out. All right, what's next? It's gonna be a Roku release. <laughs> it's a Roku uh, release. Andrew Goward. Hey, John, found your channel because of the watermark on the No Way Home pictures <laughs> and became a daily viewer since. So I wanted to let Got you know him. it worked. <laughs> Got him. Sorry. Love what y'all have here. And was curious if you plan on covering BCS. I don't know what BCS is. Does anybody know? Hold on. Let me actually. Guys, don't use acronyms. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, Ray. It's either a British motorcycle or a Korean pop band. <laughs> it very well could be a, a Korean pop band. Better Call Saul. Uh, better, yeah, oh, go. Better Call Saul. Oh no, we're not going to be covering Better Call Saul. I, I mean, I have I haven't watched it since season three. I like it very much, but I just mm-hmm. fell off of the show, so unfortunately, we won't be. Do you ever post about it, Rob? Because you're a fan. Uh, I don't, but okay. I would. All right. What's next? From Abraham, like you trained his father. No worries. First lesson will be on the high ground. Yeah, he's just got to have the high ground. One of the. Most supremely dumb lines in the history of Hollywood. I have the. You've just been literally fighting for 15 minutes where several times he had the higher ground, you had that. But now, well, wait a minute. I, I'm standing four feet more elevated above you. This fight's over. It's one of the truly dumbest lines in the history of cinema. But it's the best thing to yell at your friends. <laughs> I have the high ground. Oh, God. All right, what's next? From Doctor Strange. Oh, how nice of you to pop in. Rob and John, would you rather watch Marvel movies in IMAX or Dolby, Dolby. if you had to choose forever and why? Live from Italy. Yep, Dolby, every, 10 times out of 10 every single time. I love the IMAX format. Don't get me wrong. If there's not a Dolby, I'm heading right into the IMAX. But there's something, that dual laser projection system has simply the best high dynamic range I have ever seen. It is the deepest darks. It is the richest colors. Uh, I've just never seen anything like it. I don't think anything has its equal. Uh, IMAX is fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. But I will choose the Dolby 10 times out of 10. That's a tough one for me. Uh, Dolby's great, but I'll go for the bigger screen. I just love yeah, that, that that's giant good IMAX to be screen. Made there. Yep. And it really depends. It depends on the film because when I when they converted the Chinese over to IMAX, I was dubious. And they did that, a great job. That was the first time I saw laser projection. I was like, this is amazing. But like you said, going into that Dolby cinema and seeing Joker with all those blacks oh. with that high dynamic range, those silky, delicious, chocolatey blacks, it's like, man, I want to – it's great. Yeah, and, and it really does – it comes down to a matter of preference, right? Like you have the bigger screen with insane resolution and all that kind of stuff. The other thing, it's it's more of a color and a, a, a contrast thing. So it's whichever one kind of jumps out to you the most. For me, it's the color. Uh, for you, the screen size. And if it's true IMAX, though, and, and especially if you have a film like Infinity War and Endgame had IMAX sequences in them, I love seeing those IMAX sequences, especially when the aspect ratio changes. It blows me away. All right, what's next? From Cole Adams, thoughts on Quantumania and the Marvel switching release dates. Can't wait to see Kang. Um, no opinion. I mean, it's I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. I, I mean, since I don't know what the context of the story of each, I don't know that there's any implications there. So to me, it's a non-issue, really. D- d- any significance for you guys? No. no. I mean, Quantumania was finished before Marvel, so it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Andy, remember how Sony was trying to do a prequel on Spider-Man's aunt? <laughs> well, it's already done because it was the beginning of May three days ago. Uh, <laughs> Andy, 
Andy, you're better than that. <laughs> That's really bad. What? Yeah. That Andy, that get, was that Riverdale bad. Oh, wow. I, we got to give that a, that give it a resounding bad. boo, Ray. No, because I already laughed. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, but hey, you can't boo now. How's the weather on that island, buddy? <laughs> I, I wanted to bring up, are we watching Doctor Strange in 3D? No. No. I am on Sunday. Can I come with you? Uh, I don't think we have an extra <laughs> ticket. I'll ask. Oh. All right. What's I'm next? I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't know you wanted to go. From Oz, Kendrick Lamar, the curator of the Black Panther soundtrack, is releasing a new album. I am super excited to see what he's been up to. Thanks and bring on the filthy. Yeah, I know Anne was really excited about that, too. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting things about Black Panther is this, is that the soundtrack on Black Panther is great. It's I've fantastic. Got two of it on my, like, I've got like a 40-song playlist. I've got two Black Panther tunes from his thing. So the soundtrack's great. The score dude is also unbelievably good composed by the same guy who did the mandalorian and ludwig uh ludwig gorgensen gorgens i always gorgons. yeah but i mean that so it's one of those rare things where the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal and the score was absolutely phenomenal. you know he had a lot of lead time and he went and found a lot of traditional instruments yep. you know and, and i think he actually went to africa and met well, was with, it the was it the Black Panther screening that you were with me and Anne? Yeah, at, dude. Uh, Hollywood Bowl when they when thank you he for that, out, bro. And he came out on stage, and they had they brought out those the original uh, musicians from Africa that they used on the Wakanda. That Africa. drummer, so good. Oh, so good. It was amazing. Yeah. That was really cool. All right, what's next? From Dakota, love the new set. Any chance of an ESPN style desk like Movie Talk Days? Bring on the filthy. Nah, I mean for for a couple of reasons. It's it's not as I looked at them, but there's two things. Number one, there's less flexibility. Uh, using the desks that we have right now, we have options of moving things around and interchanging pieces and stuff like that. Not to mention, you would not believe how much it costs to build one of those desks. You would not believe how much it costs to build one of those. And then there's no flexibility with them. There's no options. I mean, that desk at AMC, we paid $15,000 for that desk. And I thought maybe, you know, there's a cheaper way to do it. Oh, my God. I looked around to get specific desks like that made. It can get into into like $20,000, $25,000. It is nuts. But again, with this, uh, this is, number one, because it's less expensive, it becomes more interchangeable and it just gave us and because what the last thing i wanted to have happen was build a new set and then in a month or two decide i don't like it but i just spent fifteen thousand dollars on that desk here i spent about six hundred dollars <laughs> and so if in a month we decide you know what i hate this desk it's not the end of the world if we just toss it and use it for firewood it's not the end of the world at that point uh so i just want to make sure we have that flexibility all right what's next from Tim, better Rashida Jones role, Karen or points fingers and Perkins. Oh, always Ann Perkins. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure who Karen is. Are we talking about Karen from uh, the, office. the office? Oh, Karen from Karen's the office. such a bitch. I, I thought you were going to say, I thought it was going to be her character from uh, I Love You, Man. Because I love oh, her she's character. She's great in I Love she's You, Man. She's great. So good in I Love she's You, She's like man. everyone's favorite wife. I man. love her in that. Her and Paul Rudd have such great chemistry in that, which is one of the reasons having Paul Rudd on Parks and Rec. No, it's Ann Perkins. Yeah. Ann Perkins. When Karen comes for Pam Beasley and you will learn of this, Rob, <laughs> oh, does that make you turn against her? And you're just like, no, you get out of here. You go back. Do you know that the original idea was that she was going to play the same character on Parks and Rec? That she was going, the original idea was that she was going to be that same character wow. that she played on The Office in Parks and Rec. That was the idea. I'm very glad they didn't do that. Yeah, me too. All right, what's next? 
from CJ Rebirth. Love the Obi-Wan trailer. Best part for me was the Vader tease. Looking forward to Hayden's return because I've been a fan of his since Jumper. I think for me, by the way, Hayden, my co-star, mm-hmm. my co-star, I, I like to refer to him as my co-star in Jumper. Um, so, uh, that aside, um, for me, it's the music. Uh, the music was the best part of that trailer for me. And, and I'm not saying that as casting shade on any of the other parts of the trailer. Love the whole trailer, but for me, it was the music. What was your favorite part? I just think the scope of it all. You know, it just, it looked just really interesting and exciting and, and new and expansive. I mean, give me some more news. I, I know we're going to have to be on Tatooine, but it looks like we're going other places too, and I'm excited about that. All right, what's next? From Andy, when Hawaiians camp out, they make s'mores, huddle around a campfire, and tell horror stories of Ezra Miller and how he'll burn <laughs> the campers. Ah, uh, yes. Be good, children. Be careful, because there could be an Ezra Miller around coming to get you. Uh, yeah, I've seen so many memes, Hawaii and Ezra Miller memes. It's it's unfair, but I'm not going to lie. It is, it's also pretty funny. It's also pretty funny. All right, what's next? From Sin Vendetta. Chris has always oh, been one like of like twenty bucks. Thank you, oh, Sid Vendetta. Appreciate that, man. Thank you for supporting us on that level. Um, Chris has always been one of my favorite cast members on the show. Thank you. But after the appetite dinner comment the other day, she is now at the, the top spot. Chris is a treasure and needs to be protected at all costs. Yes, I do. I tell you what, I showed that scene. You know, we have to clip that scene out and put it up online <laughs> for people. But I showed that part of the show to Anne yesterday, and she just died. Like between that and Ray's, as long as the appetizer doesn't give you herpes. Oh. I mean, Anne was just like dying laughing when I showed. I thought we, she said appetizer. Come on, we we've, we've got to clip that part out and put it up as a standalone video. I think. All right. Anyway, and yes, Chris is a treasure. We're so lucky to have her back. All right. What is next? From Mr. Holdbrook, have you watched the show From on Epics? If so, what's your thoughts? I'm obsessed with this show. All right. Um, yes, I have. It got and- renewed. It did get renewed, which I'm very excited about. So, look, honestly, full open disclosure. You know, people say, ah, they paid you to say whatever. Uh, Well, full disclosure. The folks at Epics and From did pay me uh, to tweet about the show. They, They paid me money to put out three tweets about the show. Um, And they paid me $15,000 to tweet, to put out three tweets about the show. You know how many hot toys that is? That's a lot of hot toys. A lot of hot toys. Um, but I, I'm telling you, all that is full disclosure. But I'm going to tell you wholeheartedly, because they ain't paying me anymore. Wholeheartedly, all sincerity, I love the show. I lo- I fell in love with that show in the first episode. The whole concept of the show. I mean, I thought it was a more interesting setting than even Lost was. Um, I'm not saying overall the show's better than Lost, but but I mean, I absolutely loved it. I I was totally hooked on it right from day one. So and I remember because they contacted me say, hey, we want to pay you to tweet out about the show. We want to raise awareness about the show. And I said to them straight up, I got to see some episodes or I'm not going to tweet nothing because if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. I don't care how much you're offering. And they sent me some episodes. I'm like, yeah, I'll do this because I love this show. I really, really do. So anyway, guys, if you haven't seen it, it's on Epics. Check it out. I I thought it was really wonderful. I'm really excited for season two. All right. What's next? From Wayne. Hey, crew. Is anyone watching The Man Who Fell to Earth on Showtime? The series is a continuation from the original movie and book. It's quite compelling so far. I'm not familiar with it at all. Are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, So the original book 
was written by Walter Tevis, who also wrote uh, Queen's Gambit, wrote The Hustler and the Color of Money, the, the, the about Fast Eddie Felsen. And the movie, the original movie, starred it's David Bowie, Bowie yeah. and was uh, directed yes, by Nicholas Rogue. And so Bill Nye plays, uh, not Bill, yeah, Bill Nye, not mm-hmm. Bill Nye the science guy. Bill Nye plays the Bowie character grown up, and Chiwetel Ejiofor is from his planet and comes to Earth to find him because they need water and technology. And it's a, uh, it, it, it was created by Jenny Lumet and Alex Kurtzman, who created modern Star Trek. Right. And Kurtzman directed the first four episodes, which I have not yet seen. I am going to, I am going to watch it because uh, I love the original film. All right. I have two copies of it on Is it on Blu-ray. physical media? Of yeah, course you, like you do. Oh, yeah. Actually, that one, yeah. All right. What's next? From Fredo, wasn't a fan of the last episode of Moon Knight, but I would love to see a Moon Knight movie. All that's left is to see Doctor Strange. So excited. I'm uh, I'm so stoked. After especially after watching the first 20 minutes, it I mean, we just we were buzzing. All of us were just buzzing after watching that. Very excited about that. And yeah, I'm totally down to see Moon Knight in a movie. Doesn't even have to be a Moon Knight movie. I'm just excited to see him more. I thought they did a great job laying foundation. Also, I'm not a big fan of the finale, but I think they did a really good job establishing the character, and I can't wait to see where they go with it. All right, what's next? From Andy, like I've done with Crisis on Infinite Earths and No Way Home, I hope Doctor Strange 2 isn't just a collection of cameos for the sake of cameos. Remember Paragons? Ew. Yeah, listen, uh, that's been one of our big fears, right? Mm -hmm. That, look, any idiot, any grade four idiot can go, uh, hey, child, uh, make Doctor Strange 2 ready to go. Okay, so uh, uh, Black Panther's going to be there and Iron Man's going to be there. Any idiot can write that. It, that takes a cameos. They're for John. Be I know. <laughs> okay, I'm, so I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm saying your four-year-old's an idiot. Okay, so what I'm saying is start stop arguing with babies. <laughs> the only arguments I can the win. Nursery bully. Um, so the thing is, anybody can write that nonsense, right? I mean, the the key is if you're going to have cameos, does it serve the story? Does it help propel the story and all that kind of stuff? Cameos for the sake of cameos can be nice little pops, but I've said this before, it's no bigger of a pop than when a rock band comes on stage and says, hello, Boston! Woo! You said the name of our city, right? That's kind of what the uh, most cheap cameos are, but when they're used really well, they can be special. So I don't really care about cameos in these things. Like Andrew and Toby weren't cameos. They were legitimate full roles in mm-hmm. that movie, right? So I, I don't know. I, I just hope that Kevin Feige never allows their movies to become, oh, let's just drop these cameos in just to get a pop. I mean, at that point, then it's going to be eh, time to check out for me. But they haven't done that. So far when cameos are there, they've used them for narrative purpose, and I hope they continue to do that. All right, what's next? From Phoenix Arising. Hey, John, with Doctor Strange, will Earth 2 John or Evil John make an appearance this week? Love the show, and may Robert be with you. I mean, Aww. we'll see. We'll see. I mean, look, I... I Look, was I hoping to hear better overall reactions to Doctor Strange? Yes. Am I surprised? Like, the last I checked... Ray, can you double-check Rotten Tomatoes for Doctor Strange 2 sure. right now? Because the last I checked, it was at 79%. Now, once I started hearing that, the movie turns into a legit straight-up horror, a lot of body horror, like all this kind of stuff, very violent. Yeah. Then if you would have asked me, would you be surprised to hear it gets around 80%, I would I would probably say no, because that's going to be really different from a lot of people looking for in a thing, and that's not going to be for everybody, so I'd be fine. So I, I don't know. We'll see how I'm going to feel about that. Do we got a number on that? Is it still... Yep, it's, these things are... 79%. So it's so. still at 79. How many reviews are in? Um... 
Let's see. Just say right under the 79%. Right. 165 reviews. Oh, is that actually up to 80% now? Hey. Okay, so so it looks, it's probably going to hover right around 80% mm -hmm. now for the rest of its thing. So, uh, yeah, again, I was hoping for better, but not surprised at all once you understand what the kind of content the movie has. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Isaac, happy May the 4th. What's y'all's favorite Star Wars film? Mine are... TESB, The Empire Strikes, oh, the Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back, A New Hope, and The Last Jedi. Oh, by, but for me, look, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi are one, one A, and one B. By, but at the top for me is uh, Return of the Jedi. That that's my all time favorite Star Wars movie. It's my all time favorite movie. Uh, I still kind of count the original trilogy as one thing. Like when I say Star Wars is my all time favorite movie, I'm kind of referring to Star Wars Empire and Jedi, but yeah, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. I, I think for a lot of people, it's probably Empire. Is yeah. it's a, Empire, Empire for, for you? Yeah, I would go Please Empire. Well. And then I really loved Star Wars Visions and I don't think enough people talk about it. And then Mando. Oh, no force awakens. Star Wars Visions <laughs> was a little hit and miss. I had so much fun Some with Some of them were so good. Oh, real good. And I want full shows of them. Like, I could watch a whole movie on, like, the old Sith guy he comes across. Yeah. Like, I could do a whole movie on that one. And some of them... Uh, I wasn't you don't so... want a Jedi band? Oh, my God. Why do you remind me of I that? But they're, they've greenlit a second one. Yes. They're doing a second one. Yes. All right. What's next? From Chuck the Mystery, worst part of buying hot toys may not be the cost. Oh, it is. It's absolutely the cost. <laughs> but release delays. Batman Forever figu figures were scheduled for April. Reeves Superman delayed again. Yeah, I, mean, the, I don't understand this of buying something that you don't get for so long. I am so with you. Yeah. Look at how great these are. So Look with at you. that Captain America. It's very cool. You wait for X. You know what they need to do? They need to stop announcing these things way before they even have yeah. luck out. Well, that's what the, the, that's when they get your money. Hey, the WandaVision yeah. Scarlet Witch might come out this month. I know. They just announced that yesterday. True story. True story. So we were at, can I pick this up? Like, will it fall over if I pick it up? No, it's pick it up by the stand. Okay. So, oh. Oh we God. were at Comic-Con, right? And that is when I first came across Be this beauty, right? This Captain America Infinity War figure. This is my probably favorite. That's so mm -hmm. dope. And I'm like, they've got it there, and they got it in the case. I'm like, great, I'll take it. And they were like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. We don't actually have them for sale. You can put in your pre-order, and in a year and a half, we'll send it to you. No, no, no. Mm -mm. I'm like, that's interesting. Um, how about... You pay me 50 bucks now, and I won't smack you in the mouth, but I'll come back and smack <laughs> you later. No, I do. That's, <laughs> that's great, very good. Was I with you at that time? Because I was. <laughs> the idea Some is. Some days I wish I was a cop. <laughs> I, I admit, I admit, I, I was, am. By the way, I was just watching you very concerned yeah, as no, you're moving that back carefully. into position. Thank you. I well just, <laughs> I am too much of a creature of instant gratification. Same. If I'm going to drop the money, I want the payoff now. Mm -hmm. Like, get, get, I give you money so I get it now. I don't pay for an ice cream sandwich to eat it next week. I want it now. And so I didn't buy it. And I waited till two years yeah. later when I was at, uh, what's his son? Frank and Sons. And they had it. And I'm like, yes, yeah. you take but, my but, money. I'm, I'm a real Baruch yourself. I want it now. Yeah, but if, you know what now. you can do? If you just wait a year and a half, you'll have so many pre orders. That you'll be getting them in oh, anyway. Oh, will just be an hour and a half behind. Yeah. And bro, an hour and a half. You'll that. be like, why? Why don't I, I have, don't have money? You, Where like, you know, money? Hot Toys though, they drop the 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 Clone Wars Anakin Skywalker and Stap that he's riding. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's only taken two years. The Deadpool two Cable. I have three Thanos Hot Toys. Where's Cable? Where's Cable? Cable will look pretty good. Where's Hot Toys? Right? I was gonna say, you and I know. 
both both of us would still eat that ice cream sandwich. Oh yes. Week. Oh yeah. Make no mistake. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I still would. It doesn't matter. But I'm, I'm not going to that ice cream sandwich next week. In my mouth right now. All right. Okay. What's next? From Purple Haze 4564. Hey, John and crew. Okay, maybe a name for your show could be called Movie News Reviews or mo- and more thoughts? No. No. <laughs> Just no. Also, don't forget, I don't want the, the word movie or movies mm-hmm. in the name of the show. Again, I, I have pushed it off. You know, I don't think a name change is going to happen for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we will change it in a month. Maybe it won't be for another 12 months, but we'll see what happens. Thanks for the recommendation, though. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Lars, it's been weeks since I saw everything everywhere all at once, and my brain keeps going back to Raccoon 2. Rakakuni. Rakakuni yeah. is so great. And what is just nuts is this movie keeps making more and more money. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, I have never seen, we talked about this the other day, I have never seen a movie in its fifth or sixth week of release other than, you know, a movie that's just in limited release and then goes wide. I have never seen a movie that has gone, once it went into wide release, make more money in its fifth or sixth week than it did in its opening week of wide yeah. release. Like, I've never seen this before. Word of mouth works. And now when it does go to streaming, it's going to make way more money on streaming than it would have if it had just originally directly gone to streaming. So it's a big win and good for it because to me, it is the best movie of the year so far. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. All right, what's next? From Kylo Ken, kind of disappointed about the distribution of the Weird Al film. Only available via Rico, uh, Roku devices? Seems like a very bad decision in my opinion. Your thoughts? If they're the ones who are paying for it, I, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. If the, Roku is the one, it's Roku that's putting up the money for it and making it. Now, I'm not really clear on how and what Roku's uh, production distribution pipeline is like. I mean, one of my best friends is literally at Roku, and I should probably talk to him about you yeah. know Soul. Right, uh, Soul's at Roku now. I didn't know that, and so. I definitely need to look into that at some point to ask him what the the deal is. But look, it's who pay if they're the ones who pay for the production of it, they're paying for it. So people will tune in and watch a Roku original. So we'll see how that goes. All right. What's next? From Alan. Hey, John and crew. John, you mentioned yesterday how you may be worried about Marvel. What are your concerns and any notes about what they should do for uh, what they should do going forward? Also, Chris, hope audition went well. Well, thanks, Alan. It did. Um. Yeah, listen, so I. I'm going to need to go back and re-review the thoughts on walks I did uh, a couple of years ago about, you know, here are the challenges that are going to be facing Marvel in a post end game world, right? Here's some of the challenges they'll be, they'll be facing, whatever. But I do have some concerns about Marvel. Listen, I, I, you could take the best NBA team and I'll say, I have concerns. That doesn't mean I'm saying they're going to lose. I just means I have some concerns. Marvel is great, but I do have some concerns. Um, I don't think their level of excellence has been as consistent since Endgame. Uh, I, I thought, honestly, for Marvel standards, I thought Loki was a little subpar. I still liked it, but I thought it was subpar. I thought Hawkeye was subpar. I thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier was subpar. Um, I, you know, I, I, I thought Black Widow. Well, I liked it, but it was subpar compared to Marvel standards. I just feel like we're getting a lot more Marvel today that I am not thrilled with than I'm used to, uh, notwithstanding Shang-Chi, Spider-Man No Way Home, right? The WandaVision, but I'm a little bit concerned. I'm also concerned about this universe because everything is insisting on being all interconnected cinematic universe. It's becoming really effing convoluted. And that became really apparent too, like in an episode of Moon Knight, when Tawret, Tawret? I, I, I can never say it, What's the name of the hippo? Right. Tawret? Hungry Hungry? Hungry Hungry Hippo? 
I just said, start talking about afterlives. And they're like, oh yeah, they're all just the same. You just go to a different corner of one. Oh, you should see the ancestral plane. It's like, they're becoming so convoluted now that they're having to introduce things like that. Like that's the simple answer to the afterlife in the MCU. So I, I do have, and then I worry about it eventually collapsing under its own weight. But again, these are concerns. I'm not saying these are what these are going to ruin Marvel. Not at all. I'm just saying like even the best team, I would say, I'd have, here's my concerns. I still think they're going to win. So I don't know. We'll see how it all goes. All right. What's next? From Rated Row, I hate opening up my browser to watch John Camp, uh, Campia today to have nothing but spoilers in the freaking thumbnails. What dick ticks? I hope they can find the leaks and really punish them. Sucks. Uh, yeah, it's all over the place, right? It's absolutely all over the place. Uh, I, I mean, it's going to be true of every big movie that comes out now, unfortunately. So the reality is now... When a big thing comes out, not only do we as social media dwellers have to avoid Twitter and things like that, we're going to have to avoid YouTube as yeah. well for a couple of days. Man. All right, what's next? I didn't know dick ticks were a thing. <laughs> I hope I never have them. Spooky, yeah. We thought murder hornets were bad. <laughs> Lord. From <laughs> 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 Guys, I urge you to watch uh, RRR in cinema if you can. It was the best experience I have had at the Man, movies this year. I've heard a lot of people talking about, about it. Got, got to try to see it at some point. The a lot trailer of is absolutely bonkers. It's a Bollywood movie for those of you who don't know. It's a historical epic. I mean, I, it looks like something you would love. It looks like something I'd love. It looks like something you'd love. And yeah. Ray would particularly love it, but it's probably three hours long. Aww. All right. What's next? From Andy, perfect live action casting for The Watcher, Nicole Kidman. She watches everything and then tells you uh, what to watch, even though you're already watching it. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. God, I cannot wait to not go to AMC anymore so I don't have to watch that ad anymore. And I love Nicole Kidman, but oh my God. All right, what's next? Oh, she's ruining movies for me, man. Although she's great in Northman, I got to say. All right, what's next? From Tyler Pfeiffer. Um, oops, could you scroll down? Thank you. Vigo almost drowned when they filmed the river scene. Did it? Oh, in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he, yeah. But Did they he, not know, have proper drowned. safety protocol? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, it was. Did they not have a team of divers ready to? They, pull? No, you know, hey, they they had to do it for real. They're out in the old uh, New Zealand outback. Oh, all right. He What's got real next? Hurt on those films, he did. man. Jordan Ellis, love the marketing for Obi-Wan. As far as Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, I'm keeping my expectations low because I want to enjoy it for what it is. Again, the secret that I think most film fans have to master is find, have all the expectations you want. Just learn how to take all those expectations, put them in a bag, and leave them at the door once you go in. Go in totally saying, say, hey, whatever they're going to show me, they're going to show me. I mean, it took me a while to get there, but I think you'll find as a, you'll be much happier as a film fan if you do. All right, what's next? From Dr. Bright, uh, part one. Hey, guys, love you all. Started watching since the Eternals review. Also, Chris, I love your smile. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so when a film finishes, it's part one. Hey, guys. Oh, and then we just repeat it. Okay. Is, I think is, we is there just part copy two? and yeah, pasting, maybe. Yeah, I think you accidentally copied yeah. and pasted too much. Is there a part two somewhere here? Uh, looking, looking, looking. Not seeing it. Okay. Well, if Sorry, we come Dr. across Bright. it, we'll come across it. Thanks for sending it in, though, man. I appreciate that. All right. What do we got next? From Hoopsuni. Winning Time has slowly become one of my favorite TV shows. I can think of no less than 10 characters that have their own conflicts and are all interesting. Yeah. It's the best show on TV right now. So like I, I watched, I don't, was the last episode the final episode? There's supposed to be nine, so I don't know. Because that was episode nine. Okay. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if that was the season finale or not. If it is over, I'm I'm really upset because there are four, like no less than four people in the show that I want to hang out with every day. 
I want to hang out with Dr. Jerry Buss from this movie, from the show every day. I want to hang out with uh, West, uh, Jerry West in the show every day. I want to hang out with the Jerry West in the show every Kareem single Abdul-Jabbar. day. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I was going to say, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I want to hang out with him. And I want to hang out with Magic's dad every day. I want to just hang around and absorb wisdom from Magic's dad in this show every day. All right. What's next? From Blake62, I enjoyed Moon Knight overall, but the finale was a little visually noisy to me, to steal your term. I don't know. It was fine. Just didn't love it. No, I agree. I, I just felt like, again, we can't go into details right now. We will in our open spoiler discussion a little bit later today. But they just did some things that made no sense, some things that were really odd decisions. And it just felt like really going to wrap everything up here in just 44 minutes and a, a post credit scene that kind of contradicted some a major plot issue earlier in the show. Uh, I mean, I still overall, I quite enjoyed the show. I just didn't like the finale. All right, what's next? Uh, Learning Humanity just sending in some support. So thank, thank you, Learning, Learning Humanity. Humanity. The man with the master plan, 27 hours to go. To avoid more spoilers, I had to leave my YouTube on playing jazz music all night to change the algorithm. <laughs> it worked, but it annoyed my wife. <laughs> I have done... First of all, I can always tell when either Ray or Anne have been watching my YouTube account because all of a sudden, like a whole bunch of food stuff starts coming up or uh, various things that Anne's watching or whatever. Because I can tell, because if you just open mine clean, there's a lot of tech videos, cameras, laptops, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but and then all of a sudden I open it up. It's like, oh, this is a puppy video. And it's like, yeah, clearly has been say, on my YouTube. That mine just looks ridiculous, like a toddler got to it. Because I leave on music specifically for my dogs. That's uh, like dog TV. And then I pull up ads and old cartoon theme songs for my classes. So then it just looks like I'm some freak who really loves watching old Folgers ads. It's, it's sad. The best part of waking up. All right. I remember that. All right. What's next? From Spencer P. Any worry about the future of Star Wars? Original trilogy is great, but only a few other things since. I feel a lot is riding on this Obi-Wan series. Well, I mean, look, uh, Force Awakens was absolutely fantastic. Rogue One is absolutely fantastic. Mandalorian has been absolutely fantastic. Um, so they have they have a, a good number of, of hits. I really like Rebels. Rebels, I thought, was really good. Uh, I'm not big on the prequels. Wasn't big on Boba Fett. Uh, obviously hate uh, the rise of Skywalker, you know, so it's, it's a little hit and miss here. I think Obi-Wan is, well, you know what? I really don't think we're going to know what the future is really going to feel like in star Wars until we see the next feature film. And I don't even know when the next feature film's coming, but, but right now I'm in a comfortable spot as a star Wars fan. They put out enough stuff that I've really enjoyed and really liked. And they put out some things that I haven't. But right now, no big worry. We'll, but ask me that question again after we see the next major film. Like, that's when I'll get an idea about whether we should be worried or not. But for now, I'm okay. All right, what's next? From Tyler Pfeiffer. Fun fact from the Depp trial, Depp was the first choice for Hidalgo. Uh, I think I remember hearing that. Hmm. I believe I remember hearing that at some point. All right, what's next? From Cyan 10101. Hey, just wanted to say I love the show and Thank each you. person brings their own personality that makes watching so fun. Ray off on his island cracks me up. Uh, look, uh, look, a lot of people will sometimes ask me and I'll say this because Ray's not in the room right now. He had to step out. So some people write in and say, and say, John, why is Ray on the show? He doesn't actually know a lot about movies. And I'm like, yeah, but you're misunderstanding. If you look at most main topics, Ray is not involved in most main topics. Ray is not here. As a pundit, you know, Ray is primarily a production guy for us. He does all the graphics. He does a lot of the editing and all that because he works really hard. That's his main thing. But I love having him 
number one, engage in the live chat because he's the best guy to do that. And people in the live chat really like having somebody who's on camera who's also in the live chat with them. <laughs> but Ray brings a personality. Fuck, he's back. Ray <laughs> brings a personality to the show uh, that I just love having on the show because you guys don't know. Like, I get to be around Ray. And Ray is, like, seriously <laughs> one of the most fun people to be around. Mm -hmm. I so enjoy being around Ray. And so I just like to share a little bit about that with our – that little bit of goodness that I get to enjoy, I like to share that with you. I have to team. say, despite the fact <laughs> – pointing at me. Despite the fact that – that's true. You've given me a lot of – Grief for that. I have enjoyed getting to know you more and spending time with you in Vegas. Oh, you know, I, I would, I would second that emotion, John. <laughs> All I right. don't know what we're talking about. What's okay. next? From Brittany Howard, just some support. So thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Seconds from Disaster. No spoilers, but I saw leaked clips from Doctor Strange 2 and I'm more stoked to see the whole movie. I can't wait for everyone to see it and have the spoiler talk. Holy shit, this movie looks sick. Yeah, we're going to do an open spoiler discussion on Sunday. I, I am not quite exact sure about what time on Sunday, but I will be doing an open spoiler discussion of Doctor Strange on Sunday. That'll give everybody Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday to see the movie, so we should be good for then. I'm excited too, man. All right, what's next? All right, from Tristan, did you see that Andrew Garfield turned down Sony? Uh, I, I've not heard that, and if there is a story about that, I don't believe it. Uh, I, 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 that's probably... I mean, I, I, I'm not saying this definitively because I haven't seen. It's probably some report from Gus's gas station movie reviews dot fart oh, site great. or something like that. All right. What's that? That's so good. I love that. Everybody loves that site so much. All right. What's next? It smells bad. <laughs> from uh, ILY Johnny. I know CE won't be in uh, Doctor guys, Strange 2. Guys, please oh, do not use. I know Chris Evans won't be in Doctor Strange 2. Okay, human do not Torch, use abbreviation, guys, please. But I just imagine a MCU Strange walks by Chris, uh, Chris Evans Strange cap. Evans gives a confused look. Uh, Chris Evans as Human Torch. Sorry, buddy. I'm too old for magicians. Chris Evans bursts into flames and flies away. Uh, by the way, uh, ILY sending like a $20 super chat for that. Thank you so much for that, man. Appreciate that. I mean, look, it is not the craziest theory in the world that Chris Evans appears in this movie. Uh, if for no other reason than that, we know Chris Evans has signed on to do more with Marvel. Now, in what form that will take, when that will happen, all that kind of stuff, who knows? Not sure. And I'm definitely not sitting here saying that he will appear in this movie. Not at all. I'm just saying when I'm sitting there in the theater, I'm not going to fall out of my chair if Chris Evans pops up, even if it's as the Human Torch. Or Lightyear. Or Lightyear. Ooh. You'd That's fall right. out of your chair if he appeared what as If he appears as Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> I'd be real if there's happy. some animated Captain Carter thing and Buzz Lightyear comes in, then I will fall out of my chair. No doubt. All right. What's next? All right. From Fredo, uh, you think Cowboy can win this Saturday? Cowboys can win this Saturday? Yes. No, no, no. Not the Cowboys. Donald Cowboy Serrano. Oh, okay. Can he win? Yes. But he is not... He's one of my all-time favorite fighters. He has not looked the same the last couple of years. I don't want to see him get beat up anymore. No, you like, know what it was? He's a, he's a great fighter. I mean, I just, I don't know. It, it was it was the fight. He hasn't been the same since that fight against Tony Ferguson. Like, he just hasn't been the same guy since then. And um, But listen, there's few fighters that get me more excited to watch one of their fights than Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, what's next? From Stray Wolf, a lunatic trans... A lunatic attacked Dave Chappelle on stage. I mean, that, that Chappelle made a joke yeah. about that. He, he said, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, um, I mean, nothing to do with our show that we cover here. Yeah. But yeah, he was just tackled. Uh, Dave Chappelle was fine after that. So it's all good. All right. What's next? Uh, bold and brash. 
Uh, one of seven. Best of luck. I really doubt we're going <laughs> to get to the conversation <laughs> of best versus favorite movie. I tend to agree with John's perspective that it's up to each person's subjective experience. He often uses the food analogy where the tastiest uh, dish is also your favorite. To play devil's advocate, I might argue that in this scenario, we are comparing two very different things. Food is essentially deduced to taste. And that's, and that's it. it. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, man. so I, yeah, I knew I it wouldn't get where he was going. So, <laughs> but he was also supporting. That was $20 Super Chats. He was, he was, I didn't? I didn't even you know, notice I mean, it was that. 10 and 10, 10, so it was 20 Oh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that, that so much. That might have been a $70 Super Chat. You cut it off. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to. We ran out. We, it filled up. We ran out. I know, okay. I know. So, yeah, so this is a, it, it, listen, it's a discussion and a debate that I'm also having with myself in my own head. Like, this is an evolving thing. For the longest, for, for, 40 plus years that I've been a movie fan, um, my I have bought into the idea that what your favorite thing is is different from what you think the best thing is. And I'm, I've am i recently had that way of thinking challenged and I'm really having second thoughts about it now. And I haven't come to a final conclusion. But really, what is a movie? A movie is an individual experience. It's an experiential event that you have. And if something is your best experience then to you that was the best experience and and i make the analogy that food is different it is but but i make the analogy nonetheless that if you sit down with five dishes and you taste each one of them and somebody asks you which is the best tasting dish to you and you see well dish dish two well then you would sound a little bit foolish to say but dish one is the best one well you just said this one tastes the best. Yes. Then why are you saying number one is the best one? I don't know. They arrange the the cauliflower nicer. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what is your experience with it? Movies are experiential events. And if, if to you, your best favorite experience, this movie delivered to you the best experience, then to you, that is the best movie. Again, I, I'm not... Uh, I'm just in the process of this because this is counter to the way I've thought about movies for like 45 years. So I'm just kind of going through it myself, but it's a good, good thing for every film fan to have a thought process mm. on though, because uh, Rob and I have already had some good debates on it. I think there are more good debates to come, but it's a good kind of thought process tool for every movie fan to go through. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that. And sorry, we weren't able to get that. You weren't able to send the remaining ones, man. Sorry about that. All right. What's next? Uh, right from uh, Phoenix again. What is the huge pop on your desk? Well, there's two. Uh, over here is one of my absolute favorite pops. This is my Indiana Jones collector's edition where he's actually holding the idol. Uh, I love this one. And then over here was a gift to us yep. by uh, by uh, Mr. Cow. Uh, this is, of course, I really like Eternals and I love Arshem the Judge. And so uh, he brought me Arshem the Judge, who's also... A bobblehead uh, brought me this big arch on the don't, judge. So those are the two big pops I have. What's that? Don't break my heart right now. Where did you put the Indiana Jones box? Did you throw it away? I did. <gasps> you know, no, it's it's in there. It's in there. So it's still. Okay. Yeah, it's it's still there. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I don't keep boxes. All right, what's next? From Purple Haze. Okay, John and Rob, what do you think if they make a Woody movie? How funny would it be if they cast Robert Downey Jr. as Woody and Josh Brolin as Stanky Pete and a line Brolin says is, I am inevitable. Wow, that's that's a very complicated, <laughs> many details thought up thing for one scenario. Um, I mean, it would be funny. It would be fourth wall breaking. It would be fourth wall breaking. It would be funny. A little inside joke there from everybody. I don't know that I see that happening. I, by the way, and I don't think they'll do a Woody Woody movie. I mean, we, we've discussed. Yeah, we've talked about that. Back You're probably and right. And, and Woody's from a TV show anyway. 
an old TV yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, unless they actually made like like the 66 Batman feature they made from the TV show. If they made a feature film from the Woody TV show. Possible. I mean, I, I mean, look, if Lightyear makes $1.3 billion at the box office, uh, you, you can't tell me that a Woody movie is off the table. I mean, so I don't think they have any plans for it, but it, they could at some point, depending Lightyear on how Lightyear strikes back, return of the light year. Come on. <laughs> All right. What's next? From Jay Master, Disney Plus just dropped today. Disney Gallery, the making of the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. First time I'm really not interested. I mean, when they dropped their, what's it called again? The gallery thing? Is that what it's called? Gallery? Whatever. Yeah. The, and when they did making of Mandalorian, I was really invested in that. I, I like that a lot. Mandalorian season two, one, not as much. The ones they've done for their Marvel shows, honestly, not as much. So I'm probably not going to check out the Book of Boba because I, I didn't even overall really like that show all that much. Although, John, I would like to point out that the upcoming Designing Hollywood podcast is an interview with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett costume designer, Shauna. Yeah, that's right. I'm actually look, very much looking Terpic forward to that because the so. look of the whole thing is great. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Ron H. Chappelle attacked at performance slap ramifications. Uh, I, I doubt it had anything to do I mean, with that. Chris Rock made that joke. Yeah, Chris Rock made the joke, too. So Chris Rock was like, was that Will Smith? Uh -huh -huh. So, yeah, there's that. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Jermaine King, seeing the first Avengers teaser at the end of Captain America film gave me goosebumps. I don't think a teaser can ever duplicate that feeling again. I mean, it was just the fact that they kind of interwove it into the movie. I'd never seen that done before. And I'm kind of surprised that they haven't really done it since. It was pretty effective the way they did that. But yeah, I, I think that was a very, very much a unique experience. So I, I don't know how they could ever replicate it, but it was a good one, man. That was a great in-theater experience. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Ty Burton, not only does Avengers hold up, it gets better with time. So many of the emotional journeys of these characters were perfectly set up with this movie. I mean, just the whole thing to me when you realize that it was all part of Loki's plan to have Hulk there in the first place. Like, to, to, to sow destruction and sow chaos and all that kind of stuff. By the way, one of my favorite moments, too, is when the Hulk is now unleashed and he's on the helicarrier and Thor starts to confront him and the, the hammer's on the ground and Hulk goes to lift up the hammer. It's like, oh, and he couldn't lift the hammer. And then they're fighting, which, of course, was just a big setup to later after they take out the flying Chichari worm and they're standing side by side. Yeah, and then Hulk's just boom. One of the best moments in the MCU ever. I love that. There was a huge setup to that. All right. What's next? Uh, from Dr. Bright. Or wait, no. Oh, yeah. Dr. Bright. Uh, part two. Where does film Where does film box office money go? Oh, I don't remember their part one. Uh, well, uh, just to answer the question in general, like about 30% of it. I mean, you'll hear people say 50% of it. That is completely not true. I don't know why people keep throwing that around. I worked at AMC. There are people constantly told me. That, I mean, it changes from weekend to weekend as the movie progresses, but when it's all said and done, about a third of the money stays with movie theaters. Uh, the, all the rest of it gets remitted back. So that's a general breakdown of it. All right, what's next? Uh, then we just have some support from Danny Sanchez. So thank you, Danny. Uh, thank you so much for that, Danny. And guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campion Show, thank you so much for being here and making this show a part of your day. Big special thank you to all of you guys who sent in the Super Chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved here at the John Campion Show, thank you guys so much. 
for your support. Okay, guys, don't forget to come on back tomorrow and join us for the next episode of the John Campia Show. I want to thank the people sitting at the table with me. First of all, Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you online? Well, you can find me on Instagram, which you haven't, but uh, at RM <laughs> Burnett. You can find me on Twitter at Burnett RM or find me on <laughs> my own YouTube channel and on TikTok at the Post Geek Singularity. And right beside him, Chris Carr. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on socials at, at actor Chris Carr, Chris with a K, Carr with two R's. And uh, like Cyan in the chat posted here, uh, you you can hear my voice in video games like Grim Dawn online. So go listen for those NPC voices. And quick question. Some of our users have already done this, but if some of mm -hmm. our users want to take voice lessons from yeah. you, where oh. can they go to get more information Thanks, on that? John. Uh, you can go to www.eebstudios.com or you can go to my website, chris-car.com slash coaching. And that's for private coaching. EEB is for group classes. The um, Chris Carr website is just for one-on-ones. Please only use that for coaching. And of course, over here... <laughs> Ray? Hold on, what is that? ChrisCar.com? Chris-Car. Okay. Signing up now. <laughs> Ray, where can people find your online cooking lessons? At Ray Aura with a zero. <laughs> and a uh, big thanks to uh, Jonathan Voico, fact checker Jonathan, who's Yay! back there running the show again. And again, a big thank you to all you guys. Don't forget, at 4 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, that's Los Angeles time, so I believe that's 7 p.m. New York time, we're going to be doing our Moon Knight finale open spoiler discussion so make sure you guys come back and join us for that as well okay guys that'll do it for us for now thanks a lot for being here my name is john campia and until next time my friends bye bye